Hello, friend. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Welcome back, listeners. Before we begin, we thought we'd give you a synopsis that just happens to be in a 1952 souvenir program from America's foremost summer musical theater, foremost State Fair Musicals Incorporated, of this new, well, new in 1942, (laughs) this new adaptation of The Wizard of Oz by Frank Gabrielson. Hey, Frank. (gasps) What's up? Okay, you ready, Em? I'm so ready. Let's do this. Dorothy Gale was a beautiful girl who lived with her uncle and aunt on a farm in Kansas. Possessed of a wonderful imagination, Dorothy often used to lose herself in a dream world, forgetting where she was supposed to be and not very much concerned even when she found people searching everywhere for her. I relate. Hmm. Hmm. Unreachable by text. A cyclone (laughs) (laughs) struck the farmhouse, and when Dorothy awakened, she was in a strange land. Strange creatures were crowded around the house, and when she came out, she found that she was in the land of Oz, and her house had landed on the Wicked Witch of the West. (gasps) Note that again. The West? The Wicked Witch of the West, and had killed her. Excuse moi I think that's correct. (laughs) The people at the end of the rainbow had acclaimed her as their goddess. Oh, get it. Oz was a beautiful country, but was so strange that she was frightened and wanted to return to Kansas. The Munchkinland people informed her that she must see the great and powerful Oz before she could return to Kansas, so she set off on her way to the Emerald City of Oz. She first met a scarecrow who had no brain. He told Dorothy that he could be the happiest scarecrow in all the world if he only had a brain. So she suggested that he go with her to see the Wizard of Oz. Along the way, Dorothy and the Scarecrow run into two more characters. The first... Ooh, the first is a cowardly lion looking for noise. Okay, order. And the other... That's good. ...is a tin... (laughs) Thank you. Been practicing. The other is a tin woodman who is lacking a heart. So they all go to find the wizard together. You know what? I didn't even catch that the first time I read through that. The first friend is the lion. That is new. 
That's very much along the lines of the ways of him being the most connected to Dorothy. Mm. Just saying. Okay. Okay, here we go. In the Emerald City of Oz, they find that Oz is terrible. And before he can promise them any of the things they want, he says that they must promise to kill the other Wicked Witch that exists in their country. So the other Wicked Witch, not the Wicked Witch of the West. There's another one. Who they apparently killed. Correct. He says that they must prove that they are worth his wasting his time on them. So they set out to find the Wicked Witch's castle. The witch plans many ways to hinder them in their attempt to kill her. But with the lion using his heart. (laughs) The woodman using his nerve. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Someone really messed up here. Who wrote this? And the scarecrow using his brain. Oh. They succeed in ridding Munchkinland of the witch. Someone took, someone was a took a sleeping tipsy. pill with a drink. It was like and two a.m. and they're like, "I gotta finish this." Oh my! They had deadline. What? <laughs> when they return to the Emerald City of Oz, they find that the wizard is actually an American oh, who has drifted is. to Oz in a balloon and has spent time here constructing a rocket ship. To return to America, yes, You know that part of Oz. You've heard correctly. A rocket ship. He gives each of them what they have asked for and leaves the Scarecrow in charge of Oz as he and Dorothy return to Kansas in his rocket ship. Or do they? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... You are not in a fever dream. The fever dream. This is reality. That is trying to trace and put together the Muni adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, which, ladies and gentlemen... Wait, I don't like that I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, and leave this on our air. I need to say folks, because you might not identify with either of these things that I'm saying. So I will say folks, Folks. you could get the copyright and put this show on today. It's still out there. Don't you want to? And we'll tell you how you can do it. We'll break it down for you. So you and your your local group of friends can do this. Because we know you want to. It. We will come support your production. We will be your dramaturge. Can we play your some of these characters? Yes, we also. we have we have our dream roles. Yeah, we will ready to you. go. Mm-hmm. So let us begin today. We're going to talk about this production as much as we can patch together. In our follow up episode, we are going to be joined by a surprise guest. Get ready. So stay tuned. Who knows a lot? Oh. Actually, surprise guests. Phone a friend. Plural. Multiple friends. Because they are experts in patching together. They helped us out. The Muni production, yes. And we're also going to briefly touch on the Disney records that were also out in this time. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to take care of this time between the MGM movie, so 1939 release, to the 1980s Royal Shakespeare production Mm -hmm. because there was this Muni production. It's a lot of time in there. That apparently (laughs) a lot of people just did what they wanted with. They were making it work. We're going to talk about what we're finding, which this 1952... Wizard of Oz playbill that the only reason I bought, so um, you know why I bought this. Mm -hmm. Buddy Epson is the scarecrow in this production. Love that. This playbill is my most prized Mm. Oz collector's item. Wow, yes. Um, I've already worn it so much that I have ripped it because I've looked at it so many times. Like, I'm a little kid with it in my hands. So I've loved it so much. I have tape on it. So it's probably decreased in value. (laughs) But I'm obsessed. So I have a playbill here that does give a little insight. And you know what's crazy? Just gotta note this right now. Buddy Epson does not mention the MGM film in any way, shape, or form. I don't blame him. You know what's interesting? Just a little tangent. Um, went to my first Broadway show this Woo! past week. I saw Carolina Change on Broadway, which I had like a holy experience in that theater because the show mm. I saw the original 18 years ago. That's wild. Which I like, I couldn't believe it was 18 years ago because it's still very fresh, the original production in my mm. brain. But I was like, yeah, that was the same year as Wicked. 
Carolina changes the savior baby. as Wicked. And yeah, like Wicked just celebrated its 18th yeah. birthday. So this That's all beautiful. makes sense. Mm. So went back to go see that. And I was reading through the Playbill pre-show mm-hmm. and was reading one of the young cast members' bios. There's uh, children in Carolina Change. And in his bio, he stated he was supposed to play Harry Potter in Harry Potter and the Curse of Child. But then the shutdown happened. So it was a supposed to. It wasn't even something that that happened. So I thought about Buddy Epson. It's interesting to me that Buddy Epson has left it completely out. Like, he doesn't even have his relationship defined. It was still tender, I I guess that it's like a sore subject or something that he just didn't really feel like mentioning. It didn't end up happening. But you know what he does mention? So, he brings his irresistible charm, his marvelous comic flair, and his flexible dancing this style. This is my favorite part about bios <laughs> from this time. Because they're like, I have all these amazing skills. I love it so much. I love it he's, so, so much. He's a handsome, so handsome man. this playbill we'll come back to. We'll reference it yes. a few more times. Because they have some insight, too, into how they did their order of songs. Because... As we mm. see, we're going to talk about some of the new of add-ons pitch. of songs. This production has another one that I've never heard of. So Which one? Someday I'll find my love. We'll talk oh, about yes, that. Yes, yes, That's yes, what yes. we think might be the rewrite of Someday My Someday Prince Will Come. Prince will come. We're also, listeners, we're getting ahead. Ourselves. We're getting ahead. But listeners... Keep note, like get your notebooks out. Anything Take that you hear that notes. you're like, no, I know this and that's oh, not correct, oh, or like, oh, I have more information on this. Please this help us. is a round table and you are at it, okay? You're now joining us for our episodes of like, this is this is a group effort. Let's if, all learn from each other. If you need a notebook, a little pitch right here. We have the after school Oz Club notebook available oh, on our, our Etsy, Etsy shop. shop. And Ooh. it's really cute. It's a bullet journal. And it'll like really help you out as you venture yes. with us. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> product placement. All right, um, let's begin in this Muni production. So let's you read it. the script, didn't you, babe? I read the <laughs> script, and special shout out to Justin Peavy. From the wonderful recap Woo! of Oz. Who sent us the entire libretto, the entire piano conductor score, so now I can learn this on piano. I'm very excited. You'll be hearing from Justin at the end <laughs> of our episode. Ooh, get ready, y'all. And I was texting you, Ter, this morning of like, this script is wild, and I also love it. After talking with our special guest Ooh. about this script, <laughs> Secret Surprise, it did make me fall in love with it. Yes. I mean... There's a lot going this on. This feels like when we went on the cyclone on at Coney Island, this is what the script feels like. It's mm-hmm. like a haphazard wooden roller coaster. It's aged. Like, you could feel its age. Oh, it right? feels like it's from another it hurts. time. I, like, was, I was groaning. I was yes. like, oh, come on. But it's but also thrilling. It was probably thrilling at the time as well. Yeah. And I had a blast reading it, and I would love to. I've never seen this production Here's our on metaphor. stage. We are no. on the cyclone. I've never been a part of this production. No. I would love for it to become a part of my life. So when you did Oz, you did the Royal Shakespeare. As far as I know. I, it's we're, confusing. Like, we don't know what we, we were did talking when we were earlier, kids. I was thinking, like, yeah. oh, I should actually really deep dive. But I believe so. That's what I okay. would say. All because right. none of this was familiar. <laughs> I just pulled up my dead mom side for Billy Elliot. Mom. That's what I'm getting called in for now, ladies and gentlemen. Dead, Dead mobs in theater shows. You know? I meant to pull it's up a my research. <laughs> no, I'm... The dead mom is great. Dead mom. Also, Billy Elliot is great. Dead, Dead mom, mom. Excuse me. Dead mom. Get it right. Okay. I'm okay. Gonna, okay. I'm going to... Wait. Okay, okay. 
I mean, like, there's just so much to touch on. I'm going to turn to, to start us off, to this awesome essay, thank goodness for it, that mm. is in the Adapting the Wizard of Oz book, mm-hmm. musical versions from Bomb to MGM and Beyond, which we have mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And this essay is by Dominic McHugh on the three stage adaptations of the MGM film, which is exactly where we're headed. So I'm like, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dom. Thank you for a little bit of a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we just need some breadcrumbs to help us Just a little bit, because it can feel overwhelming. Yes, it could feel overwhelming. So just to start us off here, this... This reminds us in its first sentence saying, after the success of MGM's Wizard of Oz 1939, it was perhaps inevitable that the material would be further exploited, also choice of word there, in the form of a, I mean, how much money has this? Excuse me? Think about the money. Think about the money. In the form of a stage adaptation, although stage musicals based on films were not yet common in the early 1940s. Mm. It really wasn't done that way yet. So we have to remember that. This is not a usual form. Mm -hmm. So just noting that right away. Mm -hmm. um, That's smart. And also what was normal, if you were basing a musical off of a book, look at the musical extravaganza. The book is barely visible in the mm-hmm. musical extravaganza. They went off into this they like did their own. Let's make ideas. it Broadway. Like yeah, they, they like added all. It was definitely a victim of vaudeville in a way because now <laughs> it, it can't survive. Like honestly, no, it's a time capsule. It's it's how is it supposed to twenty twenty one? You know, I would not be able to sit through a production of the extravaganza without a nap. Like. <laughs> It was long. It's long and, like, it would not make sense this now. This would not work. I would need to check my emails. You'd okay. be grumbling like those ladies next to me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She brought something See? up. Please share. Okay, so I have... She hasn't healed returned. this. <laughs> I did have a coaching with the wonderful Camila um, the other day about this. Um, Who was our friend and she is a life coach. She's a life, life coach. coach Shout out. Got product you. placement. So, my first Broadway show back was The Girl from the North Country, but... This show, Flying Over Sunset, that I saw last week at the Vivian. Flying Over Sunset. Flying Over Sunset. Which is a wonderful song that has been stuck in my head. And I also saw it with a dear friend of mine, Shane, who I did The Wizard of Oz with in Modesto, California. He was in town from D.C. I'll ask him if it was Royal Shakespeare. Tell him. Yes, yes, please. (laughs) Um, He would probably know more than me, to be honest. But... I told him, I was like, Flying Over Sunset, that song reminds me of that melody. Do, 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 do. I love it. I love it reminds me of another song. And it racked my brain. He texted me the next day and said, if I were a rich man, flying over sunset. All, it's the same melody, but you switch. If I, if I were flying over. You just flip the two first notes. It's literally the same melody. So anyway, okay. Quick story. So I went and saw the show. He and I sat in different sections, and I was loving it, but it was long. It was only its second preview. It yeah. stars um, Carmen Cusack. It stars Carmen Cusack. Who is a legendary alphabet as well, and she is disgustingly good. Bright star. Bright star. Bright star. She's just go look I'm her up. I'm obsessed with Tony her. Tony Asbeck. I mean, there's incredible performers in this. I was loving it, but it was long. It probably is going to make some cuts. The songs are more ballad esque and like introspective. It's all about being on LSD. It's very trippy. It's very much like I'm exploring yeah. myself and my inner demons. And if you show up to previews thinking, to thinking there's going to be a polished no. thing, this you was have number to, two. Yeah, you have to know that's not going to be the case. So you yeah. should go in with like, I'm Open seeing the process. Mind. I'm not seeing the finished product. Yes, thank you. And the women next to me, they probably God bless that. their souls, were not having it. Halfway through, and I think I'm just a very sensitive, like, I am sensitive, sensitive to light to and sound and people's movement. 
And so, moods. And moods. Yeah. So right next to me, I she started leafing through the program, which is okay, but you can tell, like, okay, she's shifting in her seat. That sound. She then gets out her phone and is lighting it up every five minutes to where now I'm seeing the light. Then, towards the last quarter, which I'm like, I feel personally responsible that she doesn't like this show. You know, it's like, Emily, this has nothing to do with you. But then, the last quarter of the show, here's what I start hearing. Grumbles. Grumbles. (laughs) Us during the extravaganza now. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. And then her and the woman next to her are like laughing and like holding their program over their face because they're laughing at how wildly long it is. And I... My heart started beating with anger. I felt my whole body tense up and get fiery because then I couldn't, I don't know how it ended. Like I literally couldn't even pay attention any longer because I was like, should I say something? I did throw them a glance. Should I get up and move to another seat? But then I'm going to distract the people behind me. Okay, I'm feeling all the feelings. There should be, no, but what you're basically saying is we should have a class on being an audience member. I, I wanted to be sassy. Long story short, I didn't it's end like up saying anything. your energy affects anything, other people. You're sharing but space. But I wanted... You're in public space. I, I was so <laughs> angry that when they got up, I wanted to say, you know, you could just do a quick Google search of theater etiquette. Just type in theater etiquette, and I'm sure you'll come across many an article. <laughs> and then, like, mic drop and leave. But I did not. That was me in my alternate universe. Um but I, I do think next time I could say something nicely. Nicely, like, kindly. Hey, just so and you then know, you're so good at that. I sat next to you and it was really distracting. You actually interrupted you know? my experience. And so I just and wanted I to be make honest you with aware, you, you know, because yeah. I paid good money for this ticket and I sort of lost the experience of the ending. And I personally enjoyed it. Like, don't assume that everyone around you feels Is the same, the same way you do. Experience. If you really hate it, yeah. you can get up and leave. That's less rude than <laughs> groaning. Oh yeah, so, I, I agree with you. I think just leaving is the better choice than then you having no this like residual dust just like landing on all the people around you. It was a negative, very negative energy. No. And it also was, I think I also uncovered, I felt very sensitive of like, these performers have been without work for a year yes. and a half. Please just like, in pretend. Any, in any world, you should pay performers anyone respect. They're also so good. It's not like... I don't know anyone. They're just they're, they're top incredible. Of their they're, yeah, they're top of their you game. You don't know what you're talking about. Is how I felt. Is like you don't even know. You don't even know. And how dare you? Okay, now I'm getting mad again. No, everything's fine. <laughs> it's just like you're really gonna treat this experience at the theater as if it doesn't matter when this show actually closed. They weren't able to open before so the they, pandemic. Yeah, they've had a they've had a wild experience so too. Yeah, it just made me upset. It's having almost like. We're asking people to be more sensitive, I think, you know, to... And, yes. And to, I think I'm just more... My radar's more finely attuned oh, after being away for so long, you know? Same. So. Well, I will share this with you because it's really, really cute. So when I... My first gig out of college was working as an educational... In an educational outreach touring company. Mm-hmm. So I was working with the Walnut Street Theater, and I was the star of cafetoriums, where the smell mm-hmm. of um, tater tots... Mm-hmm was just always was always wafting yeah always just wafting always as wafting. i was performing um Ooh, yum. so i toured library schools yes. pretty much for a solid year doing plays on bullying plays on mm-hmm. history drugs. no drugs no drugs okay mostly like um 
bullying, bullying was the prime. Friendship. Bullying yeah. was the prime thing that we were delivering. That was a big So some big schools, thing. we were just an assembly coming in, like the teachers were like, thank God, peace out. <laughs> we, you know? we get a break. Yeah, they're like, there's no, like, the kids don't really know what they're sitting down for, and they're talking back at us. You know, they don't really understand. What's happening. Which right. is fair. Like, if you don't know what theater is, or, like, any kind of, like, presentational anything, that makes sense. The kids don't understand no. that there's this fourth wall and, like, of how course. to, you what to theater etiquette is. Then we would go to schools that, like, clearly the teachers, like, I need to make it. Had a whole seminar. (laughs) A mission that these kids understand how to be respectful in the audience. And sometimes it would go too far. Like, I'm going to say this. Catholic school week we did. Catholic Catholic school school week? Yeah, there's a Catholic school week that happens. I believe it's in the, like, wintry into springtime. Okay. Where... I feel like what I don't even know what I'm saying. Like it was, we called it Catholic School Week. I think it's a week that is something. But these schools all hired us. Like it was all Catholic schools for one week okay. that we went to. Okay. Um, as like I think they do so like, like an a week outreach, of programming, yeah, program yeah. thing. So yeah. we were in, we were at primarily private Catholic schools. The kids were so quiet that I was like, "There's no joy here." Now they can't that they're <laughs> even enjoy what they're like. Watching. I think they were told. Like, you but, like, be quiet. Speak. But I was like, oh, no, like, that's not it either. So, right. like, it is this, like, gray area. Right. Um, you should not be expected in the theater to just sit there. But like, yeah. Like, also know that this is not about you. <laughs> right. You could have a visceral reaction that yeah. is verbal. Like, You're, you could have live. Laughter is really helpful for... Yes. Yes. Our friends on stage. But, but I'm sure that was weird for you to be like, no one's reacting. Right. These are children. But you could see the, like, they didn't know they could. You right. know what I mean? Right, they right, thought right. they thought they couldn't. So right. theater etiquette is a huge thing. But then we would have these schools that we went to where they had little printed tickets, and they See, that's like what it be. they made it a whole experience for the kids to understand. Yes. Like you are going to see something special. This is a way that we have been connecting and understanding and processing for the world forever. Millennium. And yes. especially like we have our um, Americans have really owned theater in unique ways. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only things that we really. I mean, it is. A, I think it's why it is the most beautiful celebration of our melting pot existence mm-hmm. um i think it's super cool to like break this stuff down with kids but if you don't do it right no one knows so then you have adults who sit next to you and who are experiences think that they should be loud about those oh, things anyways grumble grumble yes, grumble grumble moving on okay so this book also or this essay also notes um just like the obstacles the challenges that it would take to take the film <laughs> to the stage. Uh-huh. Um, like the twister, not right. such a cinematic moment. Do it? Yeah. Um, how do we do sepia tones? How do we do Dorothy's arrival to Oz? Like the sheer scale of this with movie sets could not be imagined the same way to a stage version. And also, like the star power of the cast was huge at the time, like each contributing something very specific to the film. Um, so, and also notes here, the reconception of the casting of the Munchkins also needed careful and sensitive thought. Correct. Thank you. Don't yes. know if that happened right away, Not but sure. correct. Yes. yes. So the first attempt, of course, at doing this would be Frank Gabrielson for the Muni in 1942. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit about the Muni. It's America's largest and oldest outdoor theater. Mm. Found it in 1919. From what I gather, wow. they have done 12 productions of The Wizard of Oz. Um, Love that. Since they've opened. Um, and they present an annual summer season in, a, in its a large arena, and there's over 10 
thousand seats. Wow, the I did not know that. Muni is probably one of the most prestigious regional yes. theaters slash summer stocks, like yeah. old form summer stock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't even audition for the Muni. Like it's like offer <laughs> yeah, only to yeah. Broadway stars like, who hey, come in. Hi, can you please come in? Because they're also you go very locally. Quick. Well, you go lo- you could go locally and audition. It's right. a lot of like to St. Louis up and coming musical theater stars. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to get your career going. Mm-hmm. I mean, working at the Muni, I feel like, is a dream. When you're like, in college, you're like, I want that gig 100%. so bad. 100%. But you have to fly there. They don't do New York That's auditions. So they have, like, their own system. That's so funny. But people do it because it's the Muni. And I mean, yeah. it kind of makes sense in a way that there's all this, like, kind of, like, sacredness around auditioning for the Muni because it's been around for so long. Yeah. You're a part of a legacy, for sure. So... For this production, our friend Frank Gabrielson. Do you want to talk at all about Frank before we... How do you... What do you know about Frank? He was born in 1910. Yes. Uh, He was a writer, mostly for television. Leave it to Beaver. The American stage and film. This is kind of his big thing. The 1942 adaptation. Some screenwriting credits throughout the 40s. Something for the boys. Flight of the Doves in the 70s. Television work, writing for Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, Leave It to Beaver is pretty big. National Velvet, Suspense, Al- Alfred Hitchcock Presents. That's big too, yeah. And then our favorite fun fact. He wrote several episodes of Shirley Temple's storybook, including the Land of Oz episode. Which we will get into. In that is a three. whole thing that we shall discuss. He's also married to an actress. Oh. So, you know. Frank. 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 I think it's Frank. Frank Hale. Frank Hale, yes. Love it. We're doing great <laughs> with pronunciation. Um, Amazing. So there's not much on him. I wish right. there was more. Yeah. Um, that's up- his Wikipedia, correct? Yes. This is all just Wikipedia information. I tried to look up, I typed in his name and Shirley Temple, like photos, and it gave me Frank Morgan. Okay, I was tried. Like, all right, yeah, you kind of missed the mark there. Frank but. Morgan and Shirley Temple and Dimple. And dimples? Yeah, and it was okay. like them walking down the street in yep. their cute costumes. I laughed out loud because it was just so cute. And you're like, all right, that's kind of Ozzy. I was like, thank you. At yeah, least I got some sort of connection. But I love that there's this really Temple connection. So he, I know, that is cool. He must have loved Oz. Yeah. There must be a love for it that he's right. agreed to do this. Yes, yes. Um, so presumably the rights to the MGM screenplay were not available, and that's why a new script was okay. having to be had. Um or maybe there was just no attempt made to acquire the cinematic property hmm. because the music would come on over. But let's just talk some facts about this production. And M has read the entire script, has perused the score as well. Perused. So let's talk about this initial inception of it for this 1942 production, which would be done in stock, all like just all over our country and then also overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big thing that you will notice right away is Toto's gone. No Toto. And also, like, Miss Gulch is removed. The farmhands are gone. Professor Marvel. So there's just, like, mm-hmm. no nuances there of the That's various threats in Kansas. Yeah. I have to bring this up because it just is bizarre. This is from one of my amateur production playbills. It's super, super cute. Um, I love collecting souvenir programs and playbills of old Oz, everyone. So it's just know that about me. <laughs> it says here in... Oh, there's no intermission, it says in all caps. No intermission. So go to the bathroom before. Yes. So they're like, please take Take care of your your business beforehand. Take your little ones. So they break it down with, I love this actually. It says in Kansas, over the rainbow, back to Kansas, finale. And can I tell you the finale says, please, in all caps. 
Remain seated until the house lights have been turned on. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Please do it's not. Thank you. And please do not leave to go find your car. Yeah, must they must have this issue <laughs> at the school? <laughs> they, I know the they fact have that you to have to it. put it in. Yeah. But I just want to presence what it says about the Kansas. It says number one, the Gale Farm. Number two, Rainbow Creek. Rainbow Creek. Rainbow Creek. All over right. the Rainbow Dorothy, which also there was a villagers' choral arrangement. There is. So after Dorothy. <laughs> Excuse me? After Dorothy sings Over the Rainbow. Also, it's Uncle Henry's birthday. Yes, so getting into the plot. Let's just get into it, okay? Let's get into it. Just give me Kansas. Help me out with Kansas. Let's start there, because it's like we already know we have omissions. Yeah. So Act 1, we open on the Kansas farm. Aunt Em and Uncle Henry are quite worried about the impending tornado, the storm. And they're actually... How do they know? You know, I think they look at the sky. Do they put leaves into the wind? <laughs> They're flying. It's like throwing your pasta at the wall. Yeah, is I it do that. ready? Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, it is noted that Uncle Henry is a prosperous farmer. He's prosperous, so he has. I guess his crops are doing well. So basically, there's no issues. Well, on the farm. but then here's where I have a little bit of guff with the script <laughs> because it says that they're worried about the mortgage. Well. Oh, that comes back in other productions, like other yeah. iterations. So it kind of felt like I mean, Thanksgiving special. They can't pay. Yeah, but it's so it's like so is he prosperous or is he worried about the mortgage or maybe somewhere in the middle? What if he has a prosperous amount of cabbage right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like cabbage, no yeah. one wants it. Yeah, and he's like, oh gosh, like he's how prosperous pay for mortgage yeah. in his crop, but no one wants the right, crop. Right, that is true. They didn't say if the prosperous. Abundance. What if is the mortgage helpful? is also just way too expensive? Like, what if they're like living be, out of yeah. their means? They could be. Maybe they need a budgeting class, which I do. So I'm there for them. There is Joe the farmhand, who I personally like. He. You personally like him? <laughs> I personally like him. Okay. Very, we have a strong <laughs> personal connection. But it's sad that, you know, our friends are, are Hung Seek and Hickory are gone. They're not there. And Aunt Em, for a while, is sort of, like, yelling at Joe. And you know what? She's like, come on, get. Em, journey journey to Oz with uh-huh. Liza. There's that one farmhand. Hold on. This is his be, name Joe? This, Hold this on. This could one. be him. Hold on. Because I'm like, then they stole it from this. Hold this on. Could be so this, is, this is what I'm intrigued with, everyone. Like the it's like these that weird. No one would know. No one would know. Yeah. Journey back to Oz. Back. Excuse me. We are going back. Return to Oz. Journey to Oz. I also think if you just say, in Oz with anything, it makes it more magical. Like, I'm going to look around your room and play Okay, a game. tell me. Okay. The Yellow Yarn of Oz. That is probably a book. Beautiful. Hold on. The Scarves of Oz. The Scarves of Oz. I also love, like, how your guitar is singing, so I was trying to go into that. Let's go home. The Hanging Guitar of Oz. The Hanging Guitar in Oz. The Chalkboard of Oz. The Cursive Chalkboard of Oz. Andreas of Oz. He, I have a photo of him. I mean, it just sounds great. It's kind of like, I also do that with Anne of Green Gables and like Tara of Windy Populars. It, it literally <laughs> works. I sound magical. The magnet Okay, of anyways, we're, we're off. We're getting we're off. off. Okay, Hold is on. it Joe? Amos? Amos. Aw, oh, damn. Dang it's it, it's Amos. Amos. Amos is the farmhand. But there is only one farmhand. So that could be it. Joe, Amos, their brothers, <sighs> I want it to be Joe I know. So we could rewrite it. We could rewrite it. I just want there to be silly little things I like know, that. connections. Okay. So we get all this, like, very <laughs> vaudevillian language. Like, get. Come on. You need to get. As well as That's she... That's vaudevillian? What would you describe that as? Just very, like, 1940s. 
I mean, like, southern. It's like a very yeah. southern 1940s. It Twangy. feels like a, you're putting on an act. Like, yes. All like, of the jokes yes. and the phrases, like, she says, you're moving like cold molasses. Which okay. is cute. But it's a lot of that. Um, so Uncle Henry and Aunt Em are quite worried about Dorothy. They know a storm is arriving. They tell Joe to go find her. Finally, she Not arrives. Enough. And Aunt Em's like, where were you? She says, oh, I came right home. But then we discover she was actually picking flowers for at Uncle Rainbow Henry. Creek. Yeah, at Rainbow Creek. She was picking flowers for Uncle Henry's birthday tomorrow. Which is super sweet. Aunt Em says, okay, she's kind of making, not... It's a free gift, too. Like, she didn't spend yeah. any money because they can't afford the mortgage. Right, because who knows what they're prosperous <laughs> That's in. really good. Aunt Em is basically saying, you're going to grow up one day and you're going to worry about inflation. And Dorothy's like, I'm not going to worry about inflation. I'd say the same thing. I know. I'd be like, what do you mean inflation? And Dorothy says, don't you ever see a fish and just for a moment think it's a mermaid? And Aunt Em's like, if God had wanted me to see mermaids, he would have put them here on Earth. Oh, my God. This right. So much. This is a great combo. And as we may have mentioned, this script is more so based upon the book, the original book, yes. as opposed to the film. Yes, they're basing like the, I guess, tarnishedness of yes. M and Henry. Yes, on, they're putting that yes. in onto the page, which is true. And I like that it's the like brittleness. Yeah, and it reminds me of like, oh, Aunt M doesn't really laugh or maybe dream as much anymore, and Dorothy it. does. Okay, so Dorothy then sings Over the Rainbow, and then we get the farmhand chorus, and they, they sing Over from? the Rainbow. Joe's friends. <laughs> Joe's friends. Joe's friends from the pub. The local. And Amos. And, and Amos the little, is there. the intro <laughs> verse is there. When all the world is a hope, that's in there. But what is funny to me is it's not just like a reprise, it's the whole song again. It is the entire song just one more time, but now something by the far. We have to remember, we're still in the time, though, of this is when you're hearing the song. This is So we're going to do it again. We don't got a CD for you, hon. We do not because have it. Because they haven't been invented yet. I just love it. It's like, okay, we're doing it again. You can't download it. Well, you cannot go to There's Spotify. There's no code. So There's this no is code your for you one chance. So let's, let's be play nice it again. and play it again. Right. Maestro, the storm has arrived, and everyone's trying to get into the cellar, and here's where Dorothy runs back to the house to get the flower for Uncle Henry and... Here's where chaos ensues. Okay. No Toto. And Toto's not there. No. There's no Professor Marvel. Yeah, no Toto. No I mean, it is true. Like, there has to be another reason then. Like, she's off flower picking. So that's, <laughs> that's the reason. It's not the Toto. The stakes are high. Yeah. And she's just trying to be nice and give Uncle Henry a gift. Kind of like it. I kind of like this. Yeah, so this far, so sweet. good. Okay. Act one, scene two. Wait, hold on. Yeah, now should we're, we pause? No, no, no. Keep going. Now we're over the rainbow. We are now over the rainbow, <laughs> just so y'all know. So they describe Munchkinland as it looks like it's out of a storybook, which I thought was really cool. The Munchkin mayor arrives, as well as a farmer, because it appears that Dorothy's house has landed on the land of a farmer, like on his land. So he is Oh, coming... like not the town square, not the, like the, as it's usually depicted. Right. It's a little bit more rural. It's they're more <laughs> right. rural. 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 And other Munchkins are coming out and they're scoping out the house and they say whoever this house belongs to must be a very powerful witch in order to have dropped this house in the first place as well as it has fallen on the Wicked Witch of the East whose feet are visible. And they now need to find out if this person is a good witch or a bad witch. But you know what? No one's a witch because <laughs> Glinda comes in 
very soon. She's about to come in. But she is not a witch. They do not she call her a witch. She is the sorceress. Sorceress! Of the North, which is also like... Interesting. Game of Thrones language. Of the North. <laughs> of the Gillikins, it's she just, says. It's, she says of the Gillikins? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have it in here that says of the North, which mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I love of the, the Gillikins no- even she more. She says over the, over the Gillikins in the North. Wow. Right. So the Munchkins are spying on Dorothy <laughs> because she has not left the house yet. She's sleeping on her bed. And they're just like peering in, and a munchkin sneezes and like wakes her up. Sneezy. <laughs> yeah. She then wakes up. She arrives outside. She thinks that she's dreaming or that she has had a dream. She's trying to find Aunt M to tell her. And here's her line Something tells me this isn't Kansas. Close. So it's like they're tweaking slightly the, the iconic lines. And then, as you said, the Sorceress of the North appears. She explains, this is very similar to what we know. You've killed a wicked witch. This is a good thing. The Sorceress mentions that if she had had the power, she would have killed the wicked witch of the East long ago. But apparently, she does not have it. Why? I know. Tell us more. Tell us more, Sorceress. Why can't you get her? Tell us more. That's also something we haven't really dived too deep on. It's like, why why, can't Glinda just take out? Why hasn't she? Like, if we're going to look at MGM, like, why can't you just be like... There must be some like, kind of... Your powers don't have... They don't. Yeah. That yeah, there like, must be some sort of, like, boundaries or, like... gotta be. Limits to power. There's, like... I think of the Harry Potter charm that they put over yeah. Hogwarts to keep it protected. Yeah, like, I think there's something like, there's like, like that happening mm-hmm. in these worlds. I okay. agree. I agree. They get into basically the same from what I can gather. And again, this is just what I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. The, the munchkins sing their song. And it feels very, very similar to what we know. Dorothy mentions that she really needs to get back to Kansas for Uncle Henry's birthday. And here's where things change. There are no ruby slippers. Yeah, big. Which we are or silver. About. Just There's no, no silver slippers. No There's no slippers shoes. whatsoever. So big, big, big change. <laughs> so really what is sort of replacing that is the sorceress kisses Dorothy's forehead and she tells her that if she ever, if Dorothy ever needs her or is in trouble, she ru- she can rub where she kissed her and I call for the sorceress three times. I love that. Call for her name. I love that. Like yeah, there's something sweet. really sweet and. And I like the callback to the book, and it's nice. It's also sweet to like know this young girl who has not the most hands-on. Growing up, like, it feels like there's that, like, physical distance between her and Anna yeah. right now and Uncle Henry. Like, she doesn't have that, like, nourishment in that way. Yeah. It's just nice to, like, imagine her being kissed yeah. and, like, being told you're okay. I li- I want a kiss on my forehead that I can, like, I like that. I like when, for our um, podcast launch party, we put we put yeah. kisses on our foreheads because we were like, this is That's a- what it is. Yeah. It just my, my grandma used to wear, special. like, red lipstick and she would kiss me on the cheek and I would just leave it there. I think it, I, there is something I do love, like you know, the, the lip stain. Yeah, I do love it. It's cute. Here's where things get crazy. Oh, do you think the lip stain was visible for the audience? I wonder. That could That's be a directorial question. choice, I, I guess. Would, I would want it to be, maybe. It has a Harry Potter element to it, right? Like a, like the lightning bolt yeah. scar? Like, yeah, like, like a physical A physical thing that protects Because the stakes are high. Like, that is the thing that... As we'll get into. This is why the witch... Protects her from the Wicked Witch of the West. So I feel like we sort of do need a reminder as the audience. Like, remember, that is what is keeping this all together. She says that she has to run inside to get her toothbrush. 
she's concerned about dental hygiene, which... Which makes sense for her character. Which also, if we are reminded of the bomb books, he is obsessed with making sure that we see her take care of herself herself. throughout the journey, like, making sure she's stopping for water. We never go into, like, a... We don't have to... We actually don't have to, like... Is it dispend? Suspend disbelief. Suspend disbelief. We actually don't have to do that as that much in that way, like... When she's we hungry, see. she says she's hungry, and, she and then they eats. have to yes. stop. Yes, I and do they have to love figure that. out how she's gonna eat, and she has to drink water. That's why I love this moment. Sleep. She's like, yeah. um, I gotta, ew, I'm gonna feel, I would, I relate. I'd be like, ew, I'm gonna feel gross if I don't have a toothbrush. Okay, and I don't know where the convenience store here is, is here in Oz. So she runs inside. I don't inside. know if she has a convenience store in Kansas either. <laughs> that is true. Like, you get one toothbrush. General store, maybe? Yeah, general store. There's no Dwayne Reed. Okay, she runs inside to get her toothbrush, and then. The sorceress has left. Boom. We get like this boom, this crash, and we hear and we see that the Wicked Witch of the West appears outside of the house. Boom and stick and all. Our stage directions say she's a regular, old fashioned, Halloween style witch. Halloween style. Halloween style. At, at, as you will. So just Hagrid, I feel like. I think like that old like crone. what you would envision yeah. or if you go to Party City. They're like, she ain't no queen. Like she she's no beauty queen. Okay? She's not, yeah, Maleficent or anything. No. So she appears and then Dorothy comes back out. The witch tells her that she killed her sister. Dorothy is agog and says, I never meant to do that. Dorothy mentions the kiss. And here is where the witch is like, oh, dang it. That's not good. The witch disappears. So that's she her just first... doesn't want to have this young enemy. She'd rather be without enemies. I think she doesn't want an enemy. And as we were talking earlier, she did kill her sister. Which who knows what True. their relationship was. True. But... Clearly close. <laughs> clearly close. <laughs> uh, as we mentioned earlier, so throughout this munchkin scene, the scarecrow is there on a pole, but not interacting with anyone. Which I think was similar to the extravaganza. Yeah. 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 So they were like, oh, we're going to do that. So that poor actor, he's just, just up there. daydreaming. <laughs> just like, just what am I going to eat for dinner counting later? Counting the crows. Counting the crows, literally. <laughs> Woof. Uh, I I also, whenever I have a tableau free scene, oh. I am the worst. Because like, if you make eye contact with me, Don't. I, I will laugh. Stop. I will be like, just like a no. little eye twitch just no, to no, get no, you. No. And you will I get me. I love it so much. I will much. laugh very hard. I am a... I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> like, put and me in that I trouble. I know, I'm not anxiety. distracting. I'm not distracting from the show. I never would do that, because that, that's where I'm like, no, no, no. It's just, like, the little but tiny... The little moments. Moments. Like, our friend Laura, who is in Diana, <gasps> which we're seeing... Which we're seeing tomorrow. <gasps> tomorrow. Oh, my yeah, gosh. tomorrow. It's very exciting. We're so excited to see it. She was telling us, like, a little, like, inside joke moment of, like, her and her uh, friends in the background, the which you could catch. Like, if you yeah. know it, you can see it. Yeah. It's not distracting at all. It's just, like, joy-giving. you know together. Yeah. I'm bad at breaking, so... Oh, I love I'd it. I'd be bad. Because I, I will burst into laughter. I'm very unprofessional. So the scarecrow is there, and she now meets him. And there, I believe there's no mention of, like, hey, follow this yellow brick road. I think it's assumed we know. It's basically, like, yeah. the sorceress says, oh, you can go... There's that whole moment There's of no, like, like she's you like, can go to Oz, road. to the wizard, to get back to Kansas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so she meets the scarecrow, and that is all very similar. He doesn't have a brain. He mentions, can I go with you? He sings his song, if I only had a brain. Okay. That's all very similar. Act one, scene three. Excuse Where are we me? at? <laughs> okay, so we just left Munchkin Land. Uh-huh. These are called the Yellow Brick Road scenes. Okay, so here there it is. All right. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how the yellow brick road fits into all of this. But And this is coming off of this little play bill that I have. I'm going to just pull up two so we have it side by side. I have it in one of my tabs. Em and that. I each have 40 tabs open. Literally. They really call it the Sorceress of the North section. The Sorceress of the I North. I mean, really great. So this, now looking at, we're looking at the, we also have up the Concord Theatrical uh, licensing page because you can still, like we were saying, mm, license this musical. This. And you could ask for a script, like you could put in requests. It shows you on this website where it's being produced right now, which is very exciting That's really too. That's fun. Um, but yeah, it just kind of gives the lay over here of the song. So I'll keep this up as well, just so we could bounce off of this because it changes in these play bowls that I have. Okay. I love that. So we find ourselves on a road leading into Munchkinville. Oh. Have you heard of Munchkinville? Um, I heard the rent went down there. <laughs> so maybe that's where I'll look to That's buy. where I'm looking. That's well, there is a sign that says Munchkinville one holler to get over the bridge. So you got to pay one holler. Oh, and is this the bridge? This is the bridge. Okay. This is my favorite part. Okay. So... And also, please note, at stage right, there is a tree and some underbrush with the Tin Woodman concealed therein. So again, they're like, you are just chilling. Sorry, no green room for you. Yeah. Get on stage. You need to just stand, stand there. there for 10 extra minutes. <laughs> wow. So. Torture. I know. <laughs> so they're basically like, okay, we got to get over this bridge. I love this. Why wasn't I alive in, in, in this I direction? know. We would have thrived. I would have thrived in this. Thrived. <laughs> So basically the witch is like, ooh, I'm going to mess with them so okay. that they can't get over this bridge. Mm -hmm. And how it works apparently is they'll cross, Dorothy and Scarecrow cross the bridge. And at the last minute, the witch causes the bridge to turn yes. to where basically the end where you would exit the bridge is now back in the spot where you entered. So you always are just going, this actually happened in Schmickadoon, if anyone watched that. You like try to exit, Ugh, and it's just you just perils. end up right where you started. And they're like, "What?" I mean, I literally wrote <laughs> "Love This" when I read what about this in the ad uh, adapting Oz book. It says here, um, in a new scene, the witch casts a spell over the bridge that Dorothy and the Scarecrow are trying to cross on their journey. Every time they try to cross, the bridge revolves and takes them back to where they started. <laughs> After a few attempts, they manage to outsmart the witch, who leaves in disgust. The scene mm -hmm. is incredibly tame compared to anything that happens in the film. Just noting, so too, like, the tone is so... Yeah. is the stakes, like the stakes yeah. are low. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is clear that this is a light-hearted family spectacle rather yes. than the kind of psychological drama provided by the MGM film. Psychological drama? I just thought I would, like... Okay. Take, yeah. I thought those words were... That's interesting. Yeah, interesting way of looking at it. Like, yeah. oh, it's lighthearted as opposed to, like, you have this woman who's literally making threats in the MGM film. She's like, hee hee, bridge is turned around, ha ha! And she's like, ah. And yeah, she, she literally is. She's like, shucks. And throughout <laughs> this scene, there's, like, more of these... I wrote, I wrote horrible jokes. <laughs> but with love. So, like... Dated jokes. They're dated. Like, Dorothy's like, I'm never going to get back to Kansas. What, what did I say? I, I read it. They said it's, like, theatrically conservative. Theatrically conservative. So, that means to me, like, no risks were no. taken in this book it writing. It's like very the, pantomime yes, play. Yes, yes. Like, oh, that's an easy joke. Yes. So, like, Dorothy says, I'm never going to get back to Kansas. And Scarecrow says, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And they're like... Uh, you were just on a bridge with a witch. Yeah. And then when they discover the witch is the one doing this, the scarecrow says, that's who was playing bridge with us. Oh, my God. I actually. <laughs> Grown. No, I actually. You love it. My heart chuckled. Because it is it's it is cute. It is cute. Because, like, I just imagined all the bridge club. Um, and they're like, oh, my God. All the bridge club members out in the audience being like, oh, he said bridge. He said bridge. You know? 
So how they actually <laughs> escape is they Please say, okay, us. we're going to run really fast because we're going to beat it. That's smart. So they <laughs> they're faster than magic. They're so fast. Great. Yeah, they are, they're sprinters. So they dash for the ridge. Scarecrow pushes Dorothy ahead of him. The Wicked Witch waves her broom again, and the bridge turns, but not until Dorothy has got across. The Scarecrow, however, is left holding the far end. This time the bridge doesn't stop, but whirls around and around and around, faster and faster. Jump, Scarecrow! The Scarecrow's whirled around. This time Dorothy manages to grab him, and they both fall down in a heap, but safe on the right side at last. And here's where... And they sing hear, Over the Rainbow, reprise number three. Reprise number three. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And here's where, as you'll hear in our bonus, in our as you'll hear in our part two later this week, the Wicked Witch has her line. Yeah. Please spell that out for us, Tara. F-E-A-U-G-H. It's like a cough, but with an F. <laughs> with a, a fee. A fee like five exclamation points. And lots of... Yeah. yeah. And the witch disappears in a puff of smoke. I love this. It's fun. Um, Can you tell me more about the Scarecrow Ballet? (laughs) Okay. All right. So. Because we know if I only had a brain is restored. Yes. In this. We we have. These songs are all there. Uh Uh-huh. Like Munchkinland pretty much stays intact musically. Yes. And then we have. And like, let's just say Yip Harburg and Harold Arlen. We haven't even said their names. Yes. They're here. (laughs) They are here. They're Um, present. And then there's a Scarecrow Ballet dance, if I only had a brain. Is this supposed to be the cut, like... Yes, yes, yes. Ray Bolger moment? Like, what is That's this? A great is there a pumpkin question. that comes through? I hope so. My script just says flying. dance. <laughs> just to dance however you see. <laughs> however you would Let's like see. to interpret Looking that. at both of my playbills, was this in? Dance of the Scarecrows. And this is Ooh. the dancing ensemble. Oh, cool. Um, This one cut it. The, chi- the children cut it. <laughs> they said, you know what? <laughs> they said... Miss Linda's dance troupe <laughs> is well, not they, here. They all, yeah, they also <laughs> said, like, we are actor-singers. We are park and bark. Strong movers. So we're going to cut the ballet. Yeah. I... Okay. I you know, they cut all, okay. I think they cut all the ballets too. The young, the young children's. <laughs> there production. are a lot of ballets in this. One, There's lots sure. of ballets. For sure. Okay, so we just it, it is left up to director. It's left up to direct from what I gather, or perhaps okay. it's just an orchestra orchestral. Yeah, moment. I wonder what that music sounds like. If it's like, like if it's something there. Yeah, like frappe, frappe, and fuerte, 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 fuerte. Like, listen to me trying to pull any ballet terms out of my bootay. Someone the other day, a friend of mine said some ballet terms, and I was like, what? I've never heard of that. What is my favorite? And I've taken some The cat, the move of the cat. What's that? Ooh. Um, angry cat? No. That's like a a mean (laughs) yoga pose. Angry cat. Um, That's not even what it's called. Hold on. It's like in, hold on. Cat ballet move. Cat ballet move. (laughs) Like, no, like the musical cats. No, it's like it's like <laughs> the movement of the cat. You like like what? Oh, oh, I th- yes, 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 cat. yes, yes. Oh, I got it. Hold on, Padasha. Oh, I do love a good the padasha. movement of the cat. Padasha, 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 padabure, Okay, we're done. This is, this is the scarecrow we're, ballet. Okay, okay, so that happened. Okay, so after this bridge scene, now here is where we get into we meet the tin the tin man. So he's also been here this entire time. So also my synopsis lie. Scarecrow. Did it say Scarecrow Ballet happened here? Well, no, it, the, the synopsis of the lion is like... Oh, right. I know. I think someone was man. just a little... Too much cough medicine or Oof, something. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. 
We were so crying. Too much cough too medicine. Much cough that medicine. is a joke that would be in the script. I think baby. yeah. Too much cough. Too medicine. much cough medicine. I'll play bridge. <laughs> So this scene is very similar. He needs his oil can. He tells them about how he got to be this way. Um, Nimi Amy. Nimi Amy. Is she mentioned? She's she's not named, but... Dang. I know. It's very sad. We need to... We'll write a whole fan If you don't know what we're talking about, please oh, revisit our season please. one. Please. We back. have an intrigue with the Tin Man's long-lost love, who oh. we find out is named later on in the Tin Man of Oz book, Nimi mm, Amy. Nimi. Good old Nimi. We love her. She's a special one. She'll be coming back. She'll make her return. No, today in the Disney records. We'll, we'll get Excuse there. Excuse me. We'll get there I don't soon. know about this. I'm we'll get there so soon. I'm so excited. We'll get okay. there soon. So he's resting. They oil him. He mentions he would be the happiest man alive, tin man alive, if he had a heart. He sings, if I only had a heart. This feels very similar. I believe it's all the same lyrics, at least in this script that I see. And then Dorothy mentions that her and the Scarecrow are going to the Emerald City, so he asks if he can come along and ask for a heart. And now here's where I believe they actually are told how to get there. Dorothy says, the munchkins will tell us. Tin Man says, here come some of them now. Convenient. (laughs) How convenient. I love stuff like that. Oh my gosh. The munchkins enter. Scarecrow says, which way to Emerald City, friends? Tin Man, we're off to see the wizard. Dorothy, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Dorothy, Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Munchkins. Follow the yellow brick road. They sing that. Here's where it happens. <gasps> Follow the rainbow over the stream. Follow the fellow who follows a dream. Okay, we talk about this more with yeah, our special guests. Have fun. So have fun with that. We were very confused by when this came in. Right. So I guess here it when is. When this little add-on, because this is not in the MGM. No. No. So more on that to come. So that's funny. Like, now we're finally getting into the Yellow Brick Road is present. And then that bleeds into we're off to see the wizard. Okay. Okay. And a Tin Man Ballet. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I wish. I wish. No Tin Man Ballet. End of scene three. Last scene of act one. Scene four. God. I know. (laughs) Let's, we got this. There's a great forest with the Yellow Brick Road running through it. Um, The Munchkin Mayor and the Farmer appear. And they are basically mentioning, like, ooh, lions, tigers, bears. Are they, they just on this journey with them? <laughs> they do. They, they just keep, follow them. They just keep appearing. They're it's like, like, follow, Are follow, you coming with follow, us? Or follow. why are you stalking us? Um, they're ten steps behind. Yeah, they're just like, hey, we're hanging out. They do warn them about a jitterbug that makes you dance. Oh, I know about the jitterbug. Okay. And so that happens then. Okay. So they warned them, and, they're, and then they're basically like, goodbye. <laughs> and Dorothy says she's frightened. Scarecrow and Tin Men are going to take care of her. We're off to see the wizard again. Okay. We hear a big roar. Grrr. It literally says grrr. We have the lion show up. He feels very similar. He's saying put him up. Um, we discover okay. that he's actually a coward. He sings his song, If I Only Had the Noive. Which has some new lyrics. <laughs> yes, it does. Was this the version we also heard at the Land of Oz? Because he had some additional lyrics. When we were at the Land of Oz. This could be it. This September for Autumn and Oz. They have music interpolated to yeah. into the experience, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, new lyrics. I've never heard these. That Maybe could that be it. it. That could be it. Sean, Ooh. are you listening? Let us know. Let us know. Sean, the artistic director. Let us know. We're the lyrics calling that... you out right now. <laughs> Sean, I could be... With my regal Beezer, I could be another Caesar. 
I could be an eyebrow tweet. <laughs> if I only had the nerve. I mean, that's a hard job. That that's that is. You're all of them. All right, so he decides he's going to join them. They're going to go find the wizard. Okay. They sing off to see the wizard again. Good. And okay, then yeah. the jitterbug appears. There's a lot happening. No poppy? There's no poppy scene. So no poppies. There's no poppy cut, scene. Cut, cut, cut. So no poppy costumes. That's what I'm like. I womp, know. That is, that is Major sad. bummer. The poppies are my favorite costumes. I know. If I get to play a poppy someday. We should do it. Just for ourselves. In I our know. apartment. Maybe we should commission really cool costumes. We could. I mean, yeah. I'd be down for that. I really want to bring back the night snow too, because I think that was the best. It thing. was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I think. I think. Where this would we wear in it? The future, like the Met Gala or something. Oh, the Met Gala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could Got just it. do a show or something in it. We could. <laughs> we, it's true. We, we could. could. Or we, we could, could go to like the Met. Or we could go to, like, Broadway Con and be like, we are representing the Wizard of Oz musical extravaganza, which is on Broadway in 1903. And they'll be like, even we don't know what that is. They're going to be like, white girls, you are outdated. (laughs) Everyone else is like, no. Everyone else has, like, a broken arm and, like, a blue (laughs) t-shirt. And they're like, I'm Dear Evan Hansen. We're like, we're the poppies. Yeah. I feel like this is, it's going to work. This feels good. So the jitterbug continues as usual. It's, like, all of the same lyrics that we... It's who is that? It's a who's this? I love this it. Whole idea. Which then, you know what? This is huge, though. Think about big. it. This Jitterbug is was cut. No one had that footage yet. That's why I'm like, okay, you cut the poppies for a brand new thing. Wow, they were like, we're gonna yeah. be innovative. You know, they probably thought that was cool to put that in. Yeah, yeah, it probably was for sure. There's old Jitterbug dance. Yeah, I see that. Here, let's see. Hold on. Oh, Jitterbug is cut in the children's production. Oh no, again. I mean, they had. Listen, like, this children's production, this playbill is just magical. Um, your hostess on Saturday evening is Julie Lopez. Hey, Julie! And your host on Sunday afternoon was Doug Schlatt. I feel like Julie was superior to Doug. He was just there. She support. got the evening show, he got yeah. the afternoon, you know what I'm oh, saying? Man. I just Not feel like she was superior. Um, but I also love this. It says, listen to the cast of The Wizard of Oz on the Ray Heatherton Breakfast Club radio station. Oh, I love a radio station. Oh, my God. 12.50 a.m. On Saturday. I I guess that's, like, the that's the dial there. Yeah, that's, this like, is where 1972. Yeah. I'm obsessed that you could listen in. If that's you, cute. They had a radio. They, they put this on the radio. That's their Facebook Live. So, that was their Facebook Live. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. But what's crazy is it's super short, this production. I think that's for that reason. But right. there, ooh. Not to jump too far ahead, they put in If I Were King of the Forest, which is not... That is not here. Not here. So that's what we see. This is just... I know we, we're like all mixture. over the place, but that's what this whole thing is. That's it's what you all need over to know, the place. Is keep an eye out for this production, because it might be there and you might not even know it. Right. Because you, know? you think it's the Royal Shakespeare. Right. right. But clearly, anything that's dated before right. 1980-whatever... Shall not be. Yeah. Right. 1980-whatever. I'll correct that when we get to the Royal Shakespeare <laughs> season. 1980-whatever. 1980-something. Um, it says the jitterbug is half animal, half plant, but full of rhythm. Wait, one more time. The jitterbug is a strange, fantastical creature. Half animal, half plant. Plant. But full of rhythm. Plant. It's like the it's like uh, Audrey 2, Little Shop. Pre, Pre-Audrey 2. Yeah, it's the prequel. Audrey 1. Audrey this is Audrey 1. one. This is Audrey... Zero. This is patient zero. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gwen Verdon played this. Gwen! This was totally, totally Gwen. They have a whole dance. Like, I'm a jitterbug. Jitterbug! I'm a jitterbug. That's it. Oh my god. Alright, so they 
our friends don't really join for this. Actually, they do. They start to kind of join. Is it the singing ensemble? Let me say this again because actually, yeah, so our friends are all dancing because they're sort of like under this curse, right? Oh, yeah, the curse. Yeah. It just says here in my musical selections. <laughs> yes. <laughs> musical selections. Oh, interesting. Sorry, tangent, but just noticing this. Tell me. Aunt M. Uh-huh. Anita Bolster is also the Wicked Witch of the West. Member, I said that would be interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if there's any reason Ooh. for that. Or just, I think I it's mean, more it's like shortage double, of people. Yeah, double casting. But that's really interesting. Wow. And Joe, the farmhand, is the Cowardly Lion. Okay. In this version. All right. Yeah, that Uncle makes sense. Henry also is Lord Growly, which we'll get to. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? We've just said his name for y'all, the first time. Lord Growly, he's not coming. Ready. <laughs> so, okay, just I just saw that. But it says here for Jitterbug, Dorothy Scarecrow, Tin Woodman, and Cowardly Lion. So I guess... Yeah. You could choose... Who does it say sings it? Soloist? Oh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Okay. She sings, yeah, the majority of, like, the bees and the breeze and the bats and the trees, all that good stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. And then they dance. And then Dorothy's like, oh my gosh. Actually, you know what? You know whose idea it is? The scarecrow, of course. He Pardon. says, call the sorceress, Dorothy. She says, almost she passed out. Her Miss sorceress, Miss sorceress, Miss sorceress. And she calls. Miss sorceress. Miss sorceress. Miss sorceress. <laughs> you should Miss sorceress. You should have your Diana Ross Durgan. Miss Sorceress! You should have your Miss chest they call you Miss Sorceress. Oh my gosh. I do say Miss T. Miss T. Which some of them have now because they're three and they don't they understand things. Yeah. They call me Misty. <gasps> which I love. So I am Misty in the chess world. Misty. I am a gog. Isn't I, that great? Misty. I'm like, Misty. That's me. Hello. Isn't I that cute? That's what That's you do when you're little. Yeah. Like I said hangaburger for hamburgers when I was little. Hangaburger. I used to say a hangaburger. You just don't hear things right and you no. go with it. Can I tell you something really embarrassing? When I was younger, I think a friend of mine thought or the way she said it, she was talking about someone and I grew up in the 90s, so like I feel like basically what she said was she mentioned that someone was a lesbian. And okay. I had I was like what is that? Like, I didn't really know. I sure. was young. But I thought she said, like, ill-lesbian. Ill I always, like, for a while, I thought, thought ill-lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought a thespian and a lesbian were the same thing for a moment. I have since learned. Please no. You've cracked it but yourself. It's just I those little to. things where you're like, and then you have the realization later on of, like, that was completely, I was, I was wrong. wrong. I heard it wrong. I heard it wrong. We have a moment of that coming up with our special guest of people who are trying to put some of the movie back into this muni production. But like we said, there's no recordings you could listen to. So they hear things wrong. <laughs> you just and, take what you hear. And you take what you hear. Yeah. So like it is this actually beautiful like oral look at like yeah, yeah like our memories. Yeah. And how we put things. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, there's times when you're like, I could have sworn, and you're just wrong. You were wrong. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah, well, sure. no, you're just wrong, baby. Like, even if yep. you could have sworn, you're still wrong. You're wrong. You did not do that. It's it's hard I could have sworn I put my keys away here, but you did not. <laughs> honey, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't, honey. Anyways. Anyway, she calls for the sorceress. My script does say, <laughs> the good witch suddenly appears. They can't keep it straight. They're like, they're like all right, do we want to admit witch. witch for, like, the conservative crowd right. complete? So that they're completely, So we can keep, like, the good fairy illusion right. going, but, like, also still honor witch with the word sorceress. Then it says, good it doesn't witch. even say, yeah, like, it. her character name is now good witch. 
She yeah, it just what? becomes that. She has her own entrance music. Who dares harm her on whom I've set my mark? Oh. Crazy. So that, like, takes out the jitterbug. So the good witch, the sorceress, basically calls for a frost and snow, and she freezes the jitterbugs. They have a... Come on, extravaganza. I see you. Yeah. I see you, 1902 extravaganza. I know, yeah. And there's a whole ballet where it says a, it's a and solo dance for the sorceress. Where the jitterbugs dance slower and slower. They get covered with snow and they're frozen. And Dorothy okay. says, Thank you. Maria Tallchief played the Sorceress of the North, which do you recognize uh, that name? No. Ready? Tell me. Maria Tallchief. Do you know what I'm singing? No. It's in chorus line. What? In the montages. Really? There's oh, that a whole moment. Montage, I've always wanted right. to be Maria Tallchief. I might be singing it wrong it's <gasps> part that's not on the recording that feels right though you know what i'm talking about montage there's a lot of it's those. connie's connie section she wow. wanted to be maria Tallchief. really yes and maria Tallchief is actually interesting not to go off on a tangent on mm. her but i mean we have to presence this is 1952 she put in her bio born on an indian reservation she's the daughter of an osage indian father and an irish american mother they moved to california when she was very young and by the time she was 10 she was an accomplished in her dancing and music studies the ballet russe de monte carlo Oh, sorry. The Ballet Rousseau de Monte Carlo was the first to obtain Ooh. her services. You better say, my services. My services. In the ballet world. <laughs> she made her debut in Chopin. I'm sorry, I'm doing um, Mary Kate. You Hi, I'm doing, um, Chopin. Do you know I'm doing Mary, Mary Kate? Mary Kate Olsen in, in It Takes Two. When no. she's like, I'll be playing Chop. She goes like Chopin or Chopin. Chopin. Yes. Chopin. <laughs> Incredible. She made her debut in Chopin Concerto with this company and appeared for several seasons with them before joining the ballet society. I mean, there's more in her bio. So the Sorceress of the North must be of the ballet a persuasion. ballet dancer. She has a solo. Wow. She's beautiful. She has a little tiara in her photo. She's not looking at us. She's looking off. She's got She angles. might not be wearing a shirt. <laughs> no shirt. It's definitely like she's off it, strapless. Off the shoulder, yeah. Strapless I mean, gown. She looks regal. She looks very Gorgeous. regal. My guess is like a strapless yes, gown. Yes, yes, yes. Like a beautiful sweetheart dress. Um, I love her, but isn't that great, Maria Tallchief? Like, love that. I only knew her because of Chorus Line. I'm going to have to go back and look into that. Um, okay. Amazing. All right. The Good Witch Sorceress says that she'll show them to the Emerald City. They sing We're Off to See the Wizard. All five of them skating. It says they're skating up the Yellow Brick Road. Not sure. You could do that with your arms. Okay, okay. Like, you could like, have sensible skate arms. <laughs> All right, the snow keeps following. Or take falling. it literally. Take it literally if you want to have a Xanadu moment. End of act one. Okay. Act two. Scene one. Change of the guard. Change of the guard, yeah. The entire company. Literally, it feels like everyone's here. They're in the Emerald City, and this is a very long scene, and I just wrote, like, March of the Generals. All the generals are there. There's a changing of the guard. Which was supposed to be in the MGM film. Really? Remember? Right, right, right. And you, there's yeah. that tiny little clip with his mustache twist yes. turn. Yes, There's that a, a Frank You're Morgan. Right. Mm-hmm. They the were supposed King to have, Forest. yeah, they were supposed yeah. to have this moment, but it just got cut. It was filmed. Yeah. Still, it still kills me every time we talk about this. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much footage that could that still be could out there. Still Who knows? Be there that we need to restore. Or it's in, it's in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I think it's more <laughs> it that. But be. yeah, there's the Pacific all the stuff that we'll never see. That's a tragedy. Well, there's a lot of characters in here. There's a private. There's a foremost general. A general. This was cut another from, general. Cut. Still another general. Cut from the kids. <laughs> they said, you know what? We're fine. They so don't changing e- of the guard. They have two kids named Neil Lenarski. <laughs> I hope they're listening. Neil? Can you imagine? I would... I would... 
I would have chills. I would have chills. That if would they be wrote into us. Neil and our scary listening. Someone make a fake Facebook. Robert Allen, you were the guards. You were the guards, and you changed the guards. In the Wizard of Oz. Apparently, the school is in Westbury, New York. <laughs> so you're not far if you're in New York. It's still in operation. Neil, are you still with us? Robert, are you still with us? Mm. I would like to know about your time as guards. That's a rabbit hole. Also, that we don't have time Julie for, Lopez, but... who I said was far superior to Doug Schlett, <laughs> who's the hostess, she played Sheriff. Oh, excuse me, she played Miss Gulch. She played Miss Gulch. Julie, who's the hostess. Wow. Love that. So they added in Miss Gulch. See? They said, hey, come They on added back. that in. That's not in the script. Okay? Not in the script. Oh, my God. I also love here. They have, like, listed all the student contributions of all that. kinds. That's like, amazing. They're like, Ushers. we will not forget you. Here's our makeup crew. Here's our ticket booth kids. Here's our secretarial work. Oh, my gosh. The artwork. Oh, I mean, that's so how cute. it's done. It's super cute. That is how it's done. There's a Wikipedia page for this high school because apparently that's a whole other rabbit hole, but they've had, they've been in the media spotlight a few times. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is a junior high of it. Oh, this is the junior high version. Yeah. This is the junior high. Love it. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So we changed the guard. There's a drill. Oh, it says the St. Louis production used 30 singing men, 24 dancers, and 24 children. No one. All dressed alike as Grenadi Grenadiers. No one be doing that these days. <laughs> That's a lot. That's of a lot of people. Here's That's a where... lot of equity contracts. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Here's where things get quite different. At the end of okay. the drill, a commotion is heard. A woman's voice can be heard screaming for help. The drill breaks up. The generals draw their swords. The woman appears with the cowardly lion, who is doing his best to get away from her. She is the short, stout, this is what it says, elderly lady of Oz. That's me, but I'm not <laughs> sure... You can I can be stout, it. but I'm not short. <laughs> lady of Oz. What a what a title. The old Lady of Oz. The old Lady of Oz, who holds the lion firmly by the tail and pummels him with an umbrella. And she's basically calling for help. And from here, henceforth, she is known as Oz Lady. And the, the lion's like, Oz. I'm not doing anything. And she's Karen like, of Oz. Karen of Oz. <laughs> she's really freaking out. The private says, Stand aside, I will help you. Dorothy, Scarecrow, and Tin Man suddenly rush in. So they have all come across the Emerald City. And everyone's freaking out. There's like, there's a lion here in the Emerald City who's Sensible, loose. though. Sensible. The lion yeah. says, I'm just as good as you. Okay. <laughs> lion says, wait till I get my courage. I'm going to show you. Can I be the Oz lady for a moment? Yeah. I mean, she's just like... Going for it. Isn't anyone going to do anything about this terrible beast? You've done, you done enough already, lady. I feel like a waffle lion. Aww. You don't need to be afraid of him. He looks fierce, but he's just like a big kitten. Really? Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Kitty, nice, kitty, nice, kitty. So they actually, they get really cute with each other. Okay. But then guess what? The lion purrs until he sees a good opportunity to snatch the umbrella, then turns on the lady with a loud roar and whacks her over the bustle (gasps) with the umbrella. Oh, shoot. The lady screams and runs (laughs) off. Dorothy grabbing the lion. Stop that. Nobody but a coward hits a woman. Oh. (laughs) This is an after-school special. Can I help it if I ain't brave? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The enter. (laughs) Enter now. Who would you like? Do you want to be Growly? Yeah. Okay. Lord Crowley, excuse me. Lord Crowley enters with his daughter Gloria, mm-hmm. a pretty girl of twenty. Oh, age is important here. She's pretty as well. Gotta be, gotta make sure. What's going on here? 
It's some strangers, Lord Growley. Who are they? That one's a girl. Indi- That's the private. Indicating Dorothy. Not Gloria. Yeah, this is not Gloria. I can see that, but what are they? <laughs> That's the $64 question, your lordship. What? Well, little girl, suppose you tell me who you are and what you're doing here. And then we have this whole scene whole happen. Thing. She, like, gives the whole spiel. But where is Gloria? What does All Gloria right, say? Is she not speaking? Gloria has not spoken yet. I want right? Gloria's first because line. Because Growly's basically saying, how dare you even ask that you're going to see the wizard? I don't think it's going to work out. If you bother him with a foolish request, he might destroy you like that. And there's a whole finger snap percussion number. Okay. <laughs> finger snap. Okay. All right. So they snap their fingers. Dorothy says, we don't care. We're going to go see the wizard. And here's where we get into some fun stuff. Dorothy says, we don't care what happens, sir. We'd like to see the great Oz. Growly. I shall inform him. While I am gone, my daughter Gloria will see to your comfort. You three guests, come with me. Here she is. Come on. Would you like to see the palace? Oh, yes, very much. We'll see it presently. We're so happy to have you all with us. She's definitely has perma smile. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed about Emerald City. Everybody seems very happy. And why shouldn't we be? She has a solo song. This is just her. It happens to be the merry, merry, merry old land of Oz. Get it, Gloria? Yeah, Gloria said, that is my song now. No more Frank no Morgan. No ensemble. No ensemble. Just her. But I love that it's followed by a funeral <laughs> march of a marionette. Like, what? Could we? Also, I don't know what that is. A funeral march of I a marionette. I honestly don't know what that is. Of a marionette. Oh, <gasps> after the Scarecrow's dance specialty, okay. Dorothy, Gloria, and several girls enter. So the Scarecrow has like a oh, moment. And this is getting us into evening star correct yes we're at it song we're almost there we're almost there so these gals enter we have dorothy we have gloria and dorothy says this is even nicer than the hotel in topeka gloria wants her to tell them all about kansas she's bad they're like tell us dorothy tell us dorothy and and they're basically like what are the men like in kansas she says, oh, you should see my Uncle Henry. That's not what they mean. And they literally say, what about the younger men? Dorothy. And they're just like, you're too little to know what we mean, Dorothy. Dorothy mentions, I know what you mean, all right. My cousin Annabelle is engaged, and she looks the way you all look. We've never heard of Annabelle, the cousin. Cousin Annabelle is new. Um, also, Dorothy is clearly like a teen, right? right like, right. this is like, we're going off of right. Judy yes, age. Yes, we didn't even talk bit. about that. Like, she's not yeah. going to be cast as, as a young, young, young. Right. She could. She could say these things. My cousin <laughs> Annabelle is engaged. My cousin Annabelle. <laughs> she says, you all sort of ha- look half-melted, like. And Annabelle sings all the time, too, all day long, even when she's doing dishes. What does she sing? You know, about stars and love and that stuff. Stars? Love? And that stuff? Those were all different girls. Oh, my God. Sing us what Annabelle sings, Dorothy. And then Dorothy sing- says, well, if you say so, but I think it's all pretty silly. Just one second. What's the matter, Gloria? I'm trying to get that half-melted look. What is this half-melted look? Dorothy produces a sad, sweet smile. Not burlesque! (laughs) Exclamation point is what it says. I did not make that up. Here's my favorite part of this evening star moment. Mm -hmm. It says, Dorothy, with Gloria and girls optional. (laughs) If they can sing, add them. If they're not so hot, (laughs) cut them. 
<laughs> you ready? <laughs> so Where's this one? Sing. <laughs> Rush. We're in a school. That's all I know. You can hear the kids crying. Come on. Also, this little angel. This is really sweet. It's a sweet song. So let's have a let's have a pause here for Evening Star, which is yeah. the first new song that we are seeing. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. It's really pretty. I kind of like this as like it kind of feels like Freddie, my love. It does. Hear me out. Yeah. Like you know, like sleepover. Yeah. Let's have a moment. We're having. Oh my gosh. Let's I'm pretend happy. we're adults. Like yeah. Let's yeah. Let's be, pretend we're Snow White. Yes. Essentially. Yes. yes. Um, which I kind of love. It's cute. It makes no sense, but I kind of love it. She gets a moment with some gals. But this, the writers of this song blew my brain. Tell us. Open. Um, okay. So the writers of this song, so the lyricist was Mitchell Parrish, um, and the composer was Peter DeRose, but I cannot with either of them. Mostly Mitchell Parrish because he is the lyricist of Sleigh Ride. Come on, there's lovely one of our sleigh ride together. Oh my with gosh, you. that is a standard. I mean, he has, they both have epic amount of work underneath yeah. their belt, but I was like, that's a song everyone still sings. Like, he, his work will never not be here. Like, sleigh ride is not, yes, going, anywhere. not going anywhere. It's just one of those moments where you're like, know. whoa. Yeah. You're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But he, both were of the Tin Pan Alley days. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell was a Jewish Lithuanian immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, What's really cool, there's so much on both these guys, not to deter too much into their lives, but I thought this was cool. Yeah. All there was a whole musical review of his songs in really? 1987 on Broadway called Stardust. And Stardust. that would also get revived and he's also in the Songwriter Hall of Fame. That's a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal. His work is immense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of titles that you may recognize or not. Like, I think a big one is Sophisticated Lady. Stars Fell in Alabama. Yes. I love that song. Yes. Like, these are the big ones. Yeah. Um, but wow. so, it's just like, you can't even. It's just so immense. Yeah. And wow. then Peter DeRose. I think the coolest thing I liked reading about him was he had a show. A radio, a musical radio show on NBC in the 20s into 30s. It ran for 16 years called The Sweethearts of the Air, in which he played piano. And his partner, who I also think may have been his actual, like, intimate partner Mm -hmm. as well, May Singy Breen, who is known as the original ukulele lady. Excuse me? I mean... What? What? Like, that's also nuts. Um... Wild. They have the show Sweethearts on the air, and they, yeah, they, they were married. Yes, they were married. Okay, I'm solving all the mysteries that I had yes, just by it. reading more. Mm-hmm. Um, it not only provided the show not only provided them a good living, but it also allowed him to introduce his compositions. So they wow. had this consistent thing for such a while. Um, but what's really cool is that his music has been recorded by literally everybody of his wow. lifespan, which his lifespan it in between 
1896 to 1953. So he died a lot younger than I believe our lyricist on this. He worked with Mitchell Parrish on other works as well. Not the evening star was not just a standalone for them, but I thought I would play. This is so wild. I had like a little Tara moment. Um, Yesterday, I had to upload something to YouTube for an audition submission, and I was going back into my old YouTube videos, and Mm. I did a cabaret, a a one-woman show, when I was 24. It was, like, the first project I had done on my own, and it's so, like, cringy and also so... I'm proud of myself at the same time. Of course. It's like a mix. Like, it's cringy to every... Like, it was hard to look at, but I started watching some of the videos, and I was also like, this is really well done, and, like, I would love to do this now. Mm -hmm. Like, it'd be cool to do it now. Um, Love that. There's certain moments I was like, excellent work, and there's others I'm like, whoa. Um, But I have a whole Teresa Brewer section in this this cabaret, and I... In my, like... um, in my banter about Teresa Brewer, I, like, introduced her being like, you all know her, right? Like, I just, like, had that moment, like, it's dead silent. Because, like, no one really knows who Teresa Brewer is. She purposefully turned down studio contracts because her family meant a lot to her. Mm-hmm. But she had a crazy recording career. And this is a song that our good friend, Peter DeRose, who wrote Evening Star, wrote that I love of hers. So what? I'm just going to play it really quick because it's super, really just, cool. like, a little clip of it. Have you ever been lonely? Have you ever been blue? I love a parenthesis. Have you ever been lonely? This makes me think of my grandparents. Teresa, beautiful. But I just thought that was really sweet because it was such a weird, like, I haven't thought about Teresa Brewer in a while. And then seeing her name and connection to him, I was like, whoa. I love those connections. That's so wild. Like, what a weird Mm. connection. So, Did you sing that song? In my cabaret, no. I sang the Glad song. The Glad song. With Patrick, third roommate. And I sang, she has, oh God, Too Much Mustard. Too Much Mustard. She has great songs. Like her titles, I love her voice. It takes me back. Yodeling. She's like a little twangy yodeling. Yep. I love her voice too. Oh my gosh! Thanks for bringing them up. I'm also now obsessed with May Singy Breen. Yeah, I want to know more about her. The original ukulele lady. Got the ukulele accepted as a musical instrument by the American Federation of Musicians. And this was his wife. I wonder if they remained married their whole life. Is buried next to her husband Peter DeRose. Oh. They collaborated in music until his death. Oh. That's really sweet. When did she pass? She passed away in 1970. Well, some years after. I think he was, we said 50. He was early. Yeah, 53. Wow. And, um, yeah, 53. Wow, 1953. And Mitchell lived till like 91 or 2. Yeah, he was a young baby. Oh. Wow. That was wild. I mean, it's a beautiful song. Evening Star is beautiful. Don't know why it's happening here. It's a little bit like, oh, God. I think that it's just maybe trying to mature the character of Dorothy a bit. And give her a moment to connect with some 
some other young girls younger gals because that is necessary yeah okay totally sure 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 i'm cut from the children the junior they said they said and (laughs) girls optional also just want to share this so there is in the 1952 summer stock production tell us sarah gant was playing gloria yes sarah his daughter it says here which is lord growley as we know his daughter um but here for the musical selections, who is singing Mary Old Land of Oz? Do we see a Diana Ross move? Dorothy and the singing ensemble. I think we see a Diana Ross move. She right said, here. um She said that's my song, Gloria? not Gloria's. Can you please step aside? So there's no Gloria singing that song. Oh man, poor Gloria. I know. Not on this version. And then they Sorry, re- Sarah. they replace Evening Star in this with Someday I'll Find My Love. Tell me. Which do you know what? anything about the Someday I'll Find My Love? I'm just all when I look it up, it just says someday my prince will come. Maybe that's the disguise. Maybe they, name. yeah, it's literally just... every. <gasps> okay, because the I other think... w- the other known title of someday my prince will come was someday I'll find my love. So maybe this is it. That has to be it. It's in parentheses. Was Disney okay with that? Um, hi, they probably did. I think they had to. Right? They. I don't know. Who do we maybe... call? Well, you and I are learning about music copyright. I sent we that, are. I sent that email to my coworker. So. Thank you. We are learning about musical <laughs> so copyright. So I'll tell you what I learned. Because both of us want to start doing our mashups. Yeah. And original covers that we have created for our Patreon page. Yeah. We want to start doing them in public. We want to make sure we're doing it correctly. We don't want to be we stepping on be toes. Illegal. We know it's not our material. We yeah. know we're taking a unique spin. Right. On it. Yeah. But it is like this fine. There's a blurred line between like fan. Mm-hmm. Art mm-hmm. and like, oh, wait, you're, you're trespassing. Stealing. Yeah, yeah, you're stealing. Yeah. Because fan art is everywhere. Like, look at Etsy. Etsy is fan that art. Is fan art. It's a lot of fan art. It's a lot of just making, you know, new things based off of things we've already known. Yeah. It's a, that's a tricky area. Like, I really, it's, I don't think there's a lot of answers it's to It's really hard with music, too, because that is music a is tricky. copyright situation. Music, it's very tricky, too. As opposed too. to like, I'm especially now. My own. Thing, you know, but I mean, then there's also like still, intellectual property, right? Intellectual property is so, like still though. Any sort of art is hard, right? I think about that too with like baking. Like if you use someone else's recipe and you're like trying to sell anything, like that's a whole thing. There's anything creative that where you're using someone else. We're all just stealing. Let's just we all are, say it. we're all sure. thieves. There's only one. There's only so many ways to make a cake. But I think you know? we're all Robin Hoods. I think we're stealing with good intention. You know. Robin. We're Robin Hoods. Us artistic folks. We are Robin. (laughs) Well, getting on back into Gloria. So Dorothy sang Evening Star and Scarecrow and a girl. Gloria doesn't even get a bio in here. Must not be a great role. Gloria, dang it, they cover (laughs) song. Uh, so they start asking Gloria about the wizard, and she mentions that one minute he may be a great big ball of fire. The next he's a dragon. Or he might be thunder and lightning. Or he might even be a pretty little girl like Dorothy here. The lion. That's more like it. Okay. Um, Growly says, I have seen the great Oz. And Dorothy says, what's he say? Growly says, he will see you. Remember, <gasps> at all costs, do not make him angry. He was invisible. So Entrance, wizard! He's telling them, okay, that also is like low budget. <laughs> Let's make him invisible. 
You know what I mean? Well, you're about to see. We don't need a throne chair. Like, we don't... Or, like, a throne hat. Like, the head. The talking head, right. right? We don't need that. Well, he's about to enter with a sudden flash of lightning and a clap of thunder. A flash of light! The great doors swing open. An immense and awesome beast appears. It is bigger than an elephant. That's hard to do on stage. It looks like a combination of a dinosaur and a highly magnified cold germ. And here's where I thought of you. Excuse me? Not the cold germ. Here. Or perhaps like something in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I love that. Love the Thanksgiving Day That's Parade. That's quite large though. Those are like Okay, so I remember I was like, they're trying tall. to save money. No, absolutely no, they're not. not. They're absolutely Can not trying to save money. Invisible? Well, that's what they do. That would be great. They, they have that yeah, moment when they come like, back and he's just he's a voice. There. He's and a disembodied voice. Saving money. No, he appears as a beast. And they're all like, oh, And what a beast my, he is. What a beast he is. He's a Thanksgiving Day Parade. So I guess if you're doing this production, you should look for like retired floats. <laughs> To make into your... <laughs> oh, my gosh. To, into your beast. <laughs> Go look for retired I really want to see this, this production I done. Know, I in know. And it's, like, original form. I know. Well, the scene continues sort of as usual of, like, mm-hmm. everyone shaking and approaching him. The wizard, I do like, he calls the scarecrow an animated mattress. I think that's funny. And then he ends up saying, you have to go kill the witch. Um... And Dorothy asks how. He says, let this be an accident. I don't care how you kill the witch of the West, but kill her. The lion, but suppose she kills us first. Wizard, then it won't matter whether you get your courage or not. Now go. So, like, that's so similar. Rude. That's very similar to the MGM script. So that's all pretty much the same. And then we get into Act 2, This is when it it gets wild. This is when it gets really wild. (laughs) We've arrived at the castle of the Wicked Witch of the West. She has her own music. It's a gloomy interior. There's cobwebs. All around an immense cauldron are gathered. The Wicked Witch of the West. And... Two visiting witches. You can name them whenever you'd like. That's Literally, what we're learning. It could give be us Mombi. some options of what they've been. It could be Mombi. Mombi is one of them in I this script. I put it in the other episodes. So we'll just leave it yeah. out. Mombi is in this script. There's also Bubonia. Love her. Bubonia's there. And they're basically just hanging out. And the, and then the Wicked Witch of the West It's like Stregonona. They're still in, yeah. Like Stregonona is. is Bubonia. Yeah, Bubonia. That's like... That's like the Italian witch who came in. Bubonia. <laughs> Wicked Witch is, is cackling. She uh, basically gets a recipe from another of the visiting witches, which uses s- nine snakes' eggs. Stealing recipes. Okay. There you go. There it is. Where's the credit? And she basically says that this is the recipe that she's going to use to break the, the good spell from the sorceress on Dorothy's forehead. Okay. The other witches decide to leave. And now the Wicked Witch pulls a bell rope. Tibia. This is when it gets good. Here's Tibia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tibia is a skeleton. It literally says a skeleton. She's cut from both productions. I think I have Actually, here. I think Tibia, I believe they refer to Tibia as male, but I mean, that's just what the script is saying. Or with he pronouns. Okay. Um, I, yeah. But apparently Tibia is a skeleton with an impeccable British accent. Excellent. <laughs> We don't know why. Fantastic. This is the skeleton ballet coming up. You're about to get a skeleton ballet. Um, (laughs) So basically the witch has, the witch asks Tibia to bring the the other witches their things. But then as we get further into the scene, the witch has a mirror that she can see into parts of Oz where she can see what people are doing. No way. Right? Yeah, evil queen. Right? So the witches leave. And Tibia brings um, this magic picture, they refer to it as. 
And the Wicked Witch show, says, show me who threatens me. We see the cowardly lion. And here's a part where I groaned. And I'm curious your thoughts. The head of the cowardly lion appears and can be heard roaring. In the frame, he looks like a movie studio trademark. <gasps> Who's that, Tibia? I believe it's Metro Golden Mayor, madam. <laughs> they just straight up say it. They're not even like, hee hee, it's a nod. They're like, it is MGM Lion. <laughs> I wish it was just like some, I don't, I, there's a way to make that funny. But it's like, yeah, just don't say it. It was very it. Don't, like, on the nose the say it. No. There's a way to make that funny. I just, I'm not quite sure what it is. I just laughed very hard. It was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, it I even would have loved, like, oh, the opening credits. Right, right, Like, I would have loved that. Right. But it was, it's Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Hilarious. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. All right. So she sees them in the picture. Dorothy, Dorothy and friends cannot see or hear the witch. Um, and the witch ends up casting this, like, magical spell and actually grabs Dorothy and gets her into the castle. And she does this Is by standing. Is she going to become a skeleton? Do you think? I, I hope so. Is that what it was? Let's is that like see. her intention is to make Perhaps. her a part of her skeleton? Perhaps. It says the court de ballet the for the skeleton de dance. Maybe it's skeleton a skeleton de- court de ballet. This could be it. Okay. But I do like that the witch stands on one foot and yells in order to cast her spell. That is a nod. Yeah, there that you go. That is a little nod to Bombsies. Yeah, I do like that. And what was her like thing? It was like, we loved her. Oh, I miss her. That was like a year ago. I know. That was literally like this time a year ago. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, where did Dorothy go? Wicked Witch calls out the window. This way, spirits. And apparently the spirits also like help toss Dorothy in through the window. Okay. They're obedient. (laughs) (laughs) The witch and Dorothy have this whole thing. Uh, It's coming. It's coming. The Scarecrow and Lion and, and Tinman realize that the witch must have Dorothy. Like, they just sort of jump to that conclusion, which they're correct. And the Wicked Witch is telling Tibia to fill the cauldron with the new recipe. This is very hocus pocus. Yeah. The Wicked Witch says, I hope you're worth so many eggs, my dear. Turn off the picture. You know what my light bills are now. Are you ready? Yes. The Wicked Witch exits. Music in. A group of dancing ghosts. Wait, is this different than the skeleton? A group of dancing ghosts enter. This we have new? A, I believe this is an addition to is the skeleton. Is this the same as the skeleton? So mine just says skeleton dance. Do you this have says, skeleton this ballet? This says ghost dance. Do you have skeleton ballet at all? I don't think script? I do. It's ghost. Okay. 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 It's apparently both. The witch. Tell me. Offers her visiting witches a cup of baby's blood to drink. Ugh. Or a bath swing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she's being a good hostess. Yeah, she's like, here you go. Here's some... It just says here the witches have a dance number, and the climax of the scene is a comedy chase. What? At the height of which the Wicked Witch of the West is... I won't say it. I don't want to give it away. Oh, my God. Okay. okay what okay. happens? Uh, all right. So, basically, our Scarecrow, Tin Man, Lion all enter. They've found their way into the castle. Not sure exactly how... There's a lot of stuff with the ghosts, like, kind of messing with our friends. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. Dorothy notices this cauldron that the Wicked Witch says it's just a kettle of water with some powder in it. Dorothy says, what'll it do to me? Wicked Witch, if it works, my dear, you'll shrink. That's all. Let's try something and see. She takes the Tin Man's axe. She throws it in. It comes out. It's only a few inches long. It's miniature for it's a miniature. doll's house. Yeah. So Dorothy's, I mean, definitely a little concerned. 
and Wicked Witch is telling Dorothy, climb in there like a good girl, my dear. Dorothy is struggling. Like a good girl. Wicked Witch, there's sort of like a scuffle. Dorothy's calling for her friends to help her. So everyone's now in the same room. And then here's the climax. The Wicked Witch is basically like, okay, I gotta fight back. So she draws a stick that has... (laughs) She picks up a stick. She makes it burst into flames. And she's about to set the scarecrow on fire. And And Dorothy is creeping up behind the witch. And just as the witch is about to throw the stick... Dorothy pulls the witch backwards into the cauldron, and the Wicked Witch screams. So she has been thrown into a pot. She has been thrown into a big cauldron. She hasn't melted. Water that shrinks you. Dropped into her own cauldron. Yes. But does she shrink or die? So a figure can be seen climbing over the edge of the cauldron. (gasps) The figure gets to the floor. She is a three-foot-tall version of the Wicked Witch. Oh, it's like a child. Yep. The lion grabs the little witch and throws her back in the cauldron with a splash. A tiny black figure about a foot tall peeps over the edge, a puppet this time. The lion shoves the puppet down again. There is a final faint yell. The four look over the edge. Are they drowning her? Yeah. The four look over the edge of the cauldron (laughs) and start singing. You are a Slytherin how you just said that. I am. Yeah. I am a Slytherin. (laughs) They killed her. Well, that's what we were kind of talking about is like, oh, this is different from... Oops, I accidentally mm-hmm. threw water More on to come you. on our yeah. episode with our special guest. And then they sing. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I don't like it. I don't like this. This is they scary. They drown a child. This is That's scary. What it feels like. They drowned a puppet. A puppet child. Oh, oh my god. Gosh. Okay. Uh, there's a reprise. Ding dong, <laughs> the witch is dead. Then there's a ballet. <sighs> which is a, another solo dance for the good witch. So as you mentioned earlier, she's got a dance. If the ballet is not used, the following scene may open with the stage filled with the richly dressed Aussians. There's been 25 ballets. <laughs> There's so many. This is the bougie ballet. There's so many. I can't, like, it's just like, let's stop at the ballets. Cut. There's like, so many ballets. ballets. Okay. Why? We're in our last scene. We're almost there. Scene three. The <laughs> courtyard of the Wizard's Palace in the Emerald City. Um, we're having a grand fete being held in honor of the Fort Companions. Um, everyone's there, and basically they're upset because they say that they've been at the Emerald City partying for, like, a week, waiting to see the wizard, and no one's let them in. And finally, the wizard does appear because I think the the lion... They've been tailgating. They have. They've just been chilling. And the lion, apparently the wizard is spying because the lion is like, I'm gonna mess up that wizard if he doesn't come soon. And the wizard arrives. He appears again as the beast. The lion roars as it. The lion roars at him, and he topples over. There's this little voice coming from inside of this beast that says, pull this lever. And somehow they pull this lever and this man, this bald man, it says, appears out of the beast suit. He mentions that he was a magician in a show in Omaha. And then we have the whole balloon fiasco, which made him arrive in Oz. Okay. And then we pretty much have the same scene. Like, he hands the scarecrow a diploma, a medal, a I'm going to just say what you wrote. Passes out things. <laughs> Passes out things. I was like, i got to wrap this notes. up. And now, here's how the, the show ends. Passes out things. <laughs> oh, that got me. Dorothy's crying. She's bursting into sobs. I mean, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> She's very upset. Um, Here it comes. All right, so here's... Oh, the finale is over the rainbow. The finale is over the okay. rainbow, but before we get there... Because I was like, what is the finale? Dorothy says, have, what you are we still, have you still got the balloon? 
that you came in? He no. says, no, no one travels in balloons these days. I've got something better. That's it. Like, that's that's it right there. Yeah, they're like, that's Frank outdated. Frank Gabrielson is like, balloons are that's, outdated. Let's be cool. That is like yesterday's news, okay? Let's be very 1942. The wizard says, I've got an atomic rocket ship. And this is like, we're in the war. An atomic Yikes. rocket wow. ship. Wild. I'm not over it. Okay. He says... The only way you know whether an atomic rocket ship works is afterwards. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. So, wrapping this up, he says, will you take a chance? She says anything to get to Kansas. They say they're going to leave right now. They don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Here's the best part. Ozma's, a court attendant, enters. Ozma's... <laughs> What does Osmus say? Wizard has called for Osmus. This is one person, I guess. Did you call? <laughs> he basically says, "Great Oz." He tells Osmus to please go get the court assembled. I want the rocket ship brought out. Yeah, Great Oz. Osmus only has like five lines, and um, Osmus is compliant. Yeah, Osmus is not the princess of. Yeah, Oz. the wizard says, I'm, "I don't know if I'll ever return, Scarecrow. You will. I've given you the most unusual brains in all of Oz, so you shall rule. You shall rule." I mean. Sure. They say goodbye to everyone. They have a very heartfelt moment. He hands out things. He hands out things. They all say bye. <laughs> Dorothy says goodbye, Scarecrow, and all my friends I found at the Rainbow's End. Dorothy and Wizard get into the rocket ship, and it moves, <laughs> it moves slowly off stage. It's a rocket. Why is it? Moving so it's not blasting off. They're just slowly scooting off stage. I can't. Everyone waves goodbye and starts singing. It's we like hear the sound of music when they're like, good night. Yeah, we're just it's trying that. to kill time. We hear the sound of the rocket ship taking off. Everyone looks up and far off in the sky, a rocket can be seen. Finale over the rainbow. Ensemble of Dorothy, principals, and chorus. The entire song once more of over the rainbow. And we don't know if she makes it home, but that is how it ends. This needs to be done, like, again. Should in, we in, like, full seriousness <laughs> And, like, it'll be a comedy because of that. Oh, so it actually good. would. Like, it feels like an SNL sketch it's in ways. It's so good. Why is there a rocket ship? So, there you go. We got through the entire got through it. plot. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I mean... this. So, this was it. This was the version that just was pumped out. This happened. And now, apparently, yeah, as you've mentioned, like, there's probably bits and pieces of this. Iconic like, production. I bug. Yeah, of course. So, of course. That's taken from this, you know? Some just iconic productions that we'll yeah, know. Margaret Hamilton Ugh. would reprise her role as the Wicked Witch of the West Wild. in this production Wild. at the Muni in 1957 and various other regional <sighs> theater houses. We'll talk more about that on the IG, so pop over there. We're going to dig up some photos and playbills to see what mm. we could find there. So good. Like, I know there's a Kathy Rigby. There's a Kathy Rigby. As Dorothy. I saw her as Peter Pan. That was, like, an iconic role for her. She is, like, iconic at making roles that she did not originate iconic make you think that, that she like she originated, originated them. It. yeah she's iconic i thought that is her um so and like good. doing it all in like her years of like 30 to 40 like she's she like, did a lot she's working yeah i saw a t-shirt with her as dorothy at muni on it and i was like oh <gasps> i might need that let's get it we for might. our giveaway yeah we might need that how well. expensive is it that's a great question we should look at that that's yeah. like if that's in our giveaway i would die yeah kathy rigby's face in our giveaway Kathy Rigby has been with me since I was a child. I was obsessed with her. I mean, who wasn't? Who isn't? 
Sold. Uh, sold. It's been sold, everyone. It has been sold. We'll try to find I it. Contact this person. We're gonna try to find that. Um, it's amazing. Come on, Kathy Rigby. That's beautiful. Can you read the Dorothy Gal bio you found from your oh my, your okay. playbill digging? Because let's just also talk about like it's so funny. So other and also theaters, date it and whack. It's, it's very whack. So other theaters include Kansas City Starlight, Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park. Yes. These are like bigger regional theaters that did this. And all still around. And all still Let's around. Note that too. Yeah, I'd love to work at Kansas City Starlight. That looks gorgeous. Oh, it's so great. It's yeah. like it's like the Muni. Did it's you work somewhere? there? No, no, okay, no. Let's go. I've never done a big outdoor theater. No, me neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear it's hard, but fun. Um, so yes, Kansas City Starlight Theater. Let's see. When was this? This was 1953. I found this uh, program online from this production, and um, I was just reading Terror this bio from our Dorothy. Joe, played by Joe Sullivan. I also kind of want her life. Here we go. But I also can't with some of this wording. Illinois, not Kansas, as the story suggests, is the home of Joe Sullivan, who is making her bow this week, this week only, as Dorothy in the musical based on Frank Baum's beloved book. A native of Mounds, Joe finished high school in St. Louis with a burning ambition to become somebody in the theater. Same girl. She went to New York. (laughs) Worked as a sales clerk to help pay for her music lessons. Same girl. And her college education at Columbia. Not same. I did not go no, to no, Ivy no, League no, school, no. baby. Expensive. As cute as a bug. Oh, my god. She quickly won ensemble and understudy parts in such shows as Oklahoma and Sleepy Hollow. She was a featured singer in Let's Make an Opera, which was shunted into an early grave. That's my favorite. <laughs> that gets it. Who wrote this? She was like, we got canceled. Shunted. <laughs> Sandwiched in with her theater work was some television work on the Arthur Godfrey Talent Scout program. Uh, One time she met Richard Wentworth, who was playing the Cowardly Lion this week. This is the voice. Like, this is the voice of the time. And also William Raines, whose fine tenor voice is heard within the men's ensemble. You know what? She better shout out. She's shouting people out. She better shout out. Now here's where it gets weird. Within the last two years, she has become a star in the supper clubs of New York, Chicago, and elsewhere. See, that's why I love that. Though. Love like, that. That sounds like a great career. Here's where we're like, was she in the gossip tabloids? Because it sounds like she's setting the record straight. Here it is. For, For the, the record, record. <laughs> Joe's weight has jumped from 90 to 92 pounds. Her height, five feet. Why is that there? Why is that there? She's a, maybe people like her, like, really? she weighs nothing. Like, I don't, and I, she's I, like, um, she's tiny, like, clearly. Right. That's, yeah, interesting. She makes her home in New York with her husband, an advertising agency executive. So her lifestyle is mad then. Okay. Why? I'm obsessed with her. I know. But, like, that line is just so wacky. It's so whack. But Marilyn Day, I'm just going to read a tiny little Please portion of Marilyn Day. Marilyn. Marilyn Day, who said, I'm singing Marilyn Land of Oz. Yeah, Don't thank forget. you. Thank She's you. in the Buddy Epson production that we were talking uh-huh. about earlier. For her performance in Miss Liberty, she was acclaimed as the greatest vocalist of an Irving Berlin tune since <gasps> Ethel Merman. Acclaimed. I cannot find anything on her now, which is sad, because like I'm like, wait, I need oh. to know. Nightly, she created a great excitement with an amazing amount of zest and a bounding style of humor and sure-fire singing style. Here's sure fire. <laughs> where she gets. She goes for it. She goes for it. Tell us, tell us. Marilyn Day brings charm and her great singing talent to the youthful role of Dorothy. And once you've heard her sing... Over the rainbow, <laughs> you'll declare that it has never been sung more beautifully. She said, Judy, Ooh. who? 
Who's Judy? I can't. And she's in a gorgeous You'll gown. declare. You'll all, declare. All the gals who are, like, supposed to be, like, the ingenue. Are fierce. Are, like, not looking at the camera on a slant. Yeah, on a slant. This is the pose of the day. In, like, a debutante gown. It does look that way. You'll declare. You'll declare. Wow. Wow. You know? Wow. I'm obsessed. I feel like we could read these bios all day. I thought this was cool. Yeah. I, Em was showing me, like, more of this playbill from 1953. It's so cute. Just to see, like, what Wizard of Oz would be in season with. Go for it. it read opened, some of these musicals. It opened the season. Followed by, this was, like, definitely every week there's a new show. Merry Widow. Bloomer Girl. On Your Toes. Up in Central Park. What's that? I want to know that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know that. New Moon. I know New Moon. Kiss Me Kate. Blossom Time. And it gets your gun. The only one I haven't heard of is Blossom Time and Up in Central Park. Up All the in others Central I've Park, heard of. I've not heard, yeah. I mean, these playbills are just so stinking special. Tickets are fi- anywhere from 50 cents to $3. Come on, cents. it was affordable. I mean, Beautiful. that was actually... That was probably was back kind- in the day. In the 50s? Okay, so that these playbills, though, are sincerely, so like, fun. our window in they to, are. like, what was happening it's with this so production. Wild. Yeah. Tara, would you want to play anyone in this specific production? Who would it be? Gloria, if she gets that song, <laughs> boo. I'm a one-and-done song girl. Oh, that's the best. Um, I also really like the old lady. The old lady's great. The Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to smack the lion with an umbrella. That would be fun. That'd be fun. Um, I would like to play the finger snap. Joe, the farmhand. Joe, the farmhand. <laughs> he, he, I personally like him. I don't think I have the skill to play the Sorceress of the North, because she's a ballet oh dancer. No, I can't. No. We know my pot of shaw is out of shape. Lord Growly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, shall we now go us. to the Disney records? Let's do Disney records, baby. Okay, so this was like a big gaping hole in my Oz mm-hmm. research. Like, Tell I just us. was like, wait, what happened here with these Oz records? I own one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't I remember, listening remember to it. how this came into my hands. I did not buy it. I feel like someone gifted this to me, and I'm, like, sad yeah. that I can't remember who it was. But we have in our possession it's so cute. the songs from The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. Disneyland Records, and it says plus songs about the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> Extra. If you were to describe this, does it not look like Ugh. Oz Inferno? Like it looks it's fiery. Like, like part of it in the foreground, in the forefront, is beautiful fall colors, like poppies. Yes. But then in the back, it's all bright red and black, like broad paint strokes. They're clearly coming from the witch's castle, it feels like it on this does album look cover. Like the sky is on fire. <laughs> More like okay, the Cowardly Lion is going back to like traditional Yes, he is a real lion. Traditional real lion book version. Mm-hmm. Tin Man 2. Yeah. Going back to W.W. Denslow illustration. And he has his little heart. He has his little heart. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're victorious here. Dorothy, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> um, she doesn't have on any magical shoes, white bobby socks. This is like what I figure oh, my mom my looked like in her school Yeah, I was going to say, this is very much like, like 60s. Sweet little, like, long sleeved dress. Hair is curled at the bottom. The, yeah, the hair has a little flip, a big bow in the back, but yeah. she looks like the fiercest seventh grader from the 1960s. Like, hey, what's up? She's like in that junior high production. Um, can the scarecrow? The scarecrow is, is, fierce. is, is a bound. 
of the Scarecrow. Except, Except for the his, face. his face is Ray Bulger. His face is Ray Bulger. But he is abound everywhere else. It is clearly he's in, like, jeans. Jeans. He's got, like, skinny jeans on. Skinny jeans. He's fierce. And, like, a gorgeous, like, button-up shirt. Like, he's, like, if you didn't look at his face. I know, I'd be like, like damn, He's a hottie. That? And then we go to his face and it's the Scarecrow. <laughs> Nightmares. It's very confusing. I'm confused. So we have this, but, okay, I'm going to walk us through. Yes, tell us. A little bit. And we're going to hold on going far on certain things because they're going to come up in our season three when we get back to the books. Okay. Okay. But obviously, like, Disney has been so hesitant and severely halted in all their Oz reimaginings. That's just like the curse of Disney and Oz. They never quite clicked in with having an Oz property that was successful in all the ways. Mm -hmm. It's just been a weird relationship. Okay. um, From the beginning. And I'll talk a little bit about that, um, but except for these records. The records hmm. are probably their most successful thing. And then, of course, we're going to go into Cult World, Return to Oz, for sure, coming up in the of 80s. Course. But anyways, okay. So what I didn't also realize was that, like, Snow White, of course, hit, smash, fantasy smash, changing the game. Disney would go, though, like, go into the red after Snow White. Like, there wouldn't really be... That was be- a lot of money. There really wouldn't be a big success to follow and until Cinderella in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So every year, like, in the 40s, they would, like, ring up Metro to be like, could we get the Oz property? Like, they were just, wow. like, on wanting to get the rights to Oz. Yeah. There is a weird little connection between Ruth Plumley Thompson and Disney, too, in the 30s. Like, she wrote a few of their um, accompanying books to cartoons, oh, wow. which is really fun. That's really cool. Um, and she also was, like pitching some of her Oz books. So Ruth Plumley Thompson took over for L. Frank Baum as the writer Mm -hmm. of the series. So she was trying to get, I think, Disney to make animated shorts. So that was happening, but never again. There was letters between her and Walt Disney, but like nothing ever happened. Um, But here's here's where things change. 1954, um, Disney bought the film rights to 11 of Baum's Oz books from son Robert Baum. Uh Um, This was right after Maude had passed. Um, Okay, so this like they went into this whole, we'll fall down this also later on, the Rainbow Road to Oz by the Mouseketeers. That whole thing happened in 1954. Um, and they did, like, a whole pitch on TV of what it could be, and it looked like it was going to happen, and then, like, it did not happen. Um, they were going to do a live action fantasy based on further Oz books, mostly rooted in the patchwork girl of Oz because they also did not have the rights to marvelous land. They did not have the rights. They would have tamed the rights to Dorothy and the wizard later down the line, but they didn't have the rights to the wonderful wizard or marvelous land. Wow. So to remember that. So they had this whole Mouseketeer thing, which we'll get into further later down the line when we hit patchwork girl. Mm -hmm. Um, But because there was also like, Competition coming in from Rankin and Bass and then Journey Back Rankin to Oz Bass, yeah. coming up. Because remember, Journey Back to Oz was supposed to happen in the 60s, but of course it got delayed. He pulled again. Like, they didn't do it. Okay, so... And this is all blessings to our Patreon and one of our listeners, Jay Davis. Yes, this is Jay. a lot of his... Um, a lot of our information we are bouncing from his awesome blog entry uh, on the Royal Blog of Oz. Yes. So please check that out. We'll have it linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as Eric Schanauer's Disney and Oz Connection presentation that is on YouTube through OzCon International. Um, okay. So this is where Disney would f- figure out a little something with Oz. In 1965, they got Ray Bolger to come reprise his role and become a narrator of a record 
of The Scarecrow of Oz, which would be loosely based on Baum's book, The Scarecrow of Oz. And they wrote some new original music for that, one original song for that. And then I think Over the Rainbow may have been a part of that as well. Um, and that was actually really successful. And I would die for a copy of this. Again, we're going to go more into detail with yeah. this. I'm not going to go far for right now. Um, but there was an accompanying like book, like a picture book by the Disney artists that went with this record. So you could go through the record Whoa. with the book. Because it was fun. it was a book on tape essentially, but there was yeah. there was a song that apparently people really hate. Happy Glow. People hate people it. People hate it. I love it. Happy I love Glow? Happy Glow. Um, I think it's hilarious. Um but this went really well in 1965. So in 1969, four more Oz recordings would happen. The story and songs of The Wizard of Oz was when they would pay MGM for the rights to use Ooh. a couple of songs from The Wizard of Oz to put on this album as they go back to the book and tell the book story. Okay. More of the book story than the MGM story, but use MGM music. Super cool. So this is happening wow. in 69, okay? So the album has been described as a unique combination of the classic story from the original novel, like I just said, and the MGM, the MGM film, which is so cool. And I it like was a, that. It was, the story was adapted by Jimmy Johnson. The record's case opens up into a giant-sized 11-page read-along picture storybook mm. that contains magnificent and beautifully rendered full-color uh. pastel, painted illustration drawings by the Walt Disney Studios staff artists, oh where many characters have original designs, but some of the more classic characters are based on their classic designs. Oh. Oh my it is super super cool. I fell down a Robbie Lester Ugh, rabbit hole, who is Dorothy on this recording and also like is like the prime narrator, but she is iconic. Just want to give you a little iconic sampling of her. That it is not it's not from this, but just see if you recognize it. Did you see? Did you look? No. Okay, guess what this is. Oh wait, maybe I did. Who knows? Let's see. Oh, it's, um, is it the Christmas one? There's a lot of Christmas ones. Is it the Christmas one? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I saw this earlier. Her hair just fell down on that, by the way. Oh, no. No, like, in a good way. She's letting her hair down. Oh, she let it down. I see. Santa Claus is coming to town circa 1970. What's her character name? I forget. Miss Jessica. Miss Jess. That's what it was. Miss Jessica. I was, because I was like, what is it? Oh, Miss Jessica. That is one of her most iconic roles, as well as being the singing voice of Ava Gabor in Disney's (gasps) The Aristocrats and The Rescuers. So good. But she is the original Disney story reader. So anytime, if you've ever heard the... You will know it is time to turn the page when Tinkerbell rings her little bells like this. Ah, I love that so much. Yeah, when Tinkerbell rings her little bells like this, wind chimes turn the page. Oh, ah, so she is, is an iconic voiceover artist. Oh, yes. Super cool. That you wouldn't, I feel like she goes uncredited sometimes for some Probably. Of Disney and singing. she was a voiceover artist yeah. in a time when those were like nameless. Right. You, yeah. Roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had a lot of non-Disney appearances as well, but she was in-house at Disney for so long. So if you listen to any of these old recordings, most likely, especially if they're in the book series that they would do on tape, most likely Robbie Lester oh is involved. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. She also provided the voice of Piglet on some of the early <gasps> Winnie the Pooh records. Stop. 
Oh my gosh. That it's, is wild. I mean, the story and song of the Haunted Mansion. I know. Is that her and incredible. like Ron Howard's a part of that. Sounds amazing. I am just obsessed with her Hagrid life. And Rue. Her story, what's her storyteller album for the Aristocats was nominated for a 1970 Grammy Award. Yeah. She's a big deal. So she's a part of this story uh, and songs of The wow. Wizard of Oz. Wow. I also thought we okay. should listen to, I mean, this is beautiful. We have to listen to just a little piece of, like, what Disney did with MGM's Oz. And this is very important to mention because, again, there was, there was of course, like, the there was recordings of The Wizard of Oz MGM. We had this, the... Um, we had the Decca cast album mm-hmm. that was out with um, Ken Darby arrangement with Victor Young in his orchestra, and Judy is featured singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow on that. We had that out. But wow. again, like, there wasn't, it's not like music was easily accessible. It's either you playing the sheet music in your home yeah, or if you have a record player. You did not have Spotify. <laughs> right. You didn't have Spotify. So it's important to note that. Um, yes. So this kind of Disney-fies. Oz, which I yes, love. we've been sort of very curious about that. This makes me think of the um, You Can Fly Chorus in Peter Pan. Opening of Greece. Oh I'll my gosh! It. Like whatever that it is. Does. Yeah, that that whole thing. Also, just want to note. Um, it also. We found this that just made us tick. It just gave us a little giggle <laughs> yes, today, yes, just because yes. like there's all these amazing little add-ons in these musical arrangements, like the whole um, follow the rainbow follow over the stream. The this is super cute. This is from the Decca album. And then we're in like these little verse intros that were originally written. I love by our friends that Harburg and Arlen. That was in the production I did, and I loved it. I was like, this is such a cool part. And I'm like, I think these records did a good job of preserving some of the music that's just not in the film, like the little snippets, which is great. Okay, so going back to these albums. Yeah. Then they would release a couple more. There'd be a newly invented storyline for the Cowardly Lion of Oz, <laughs> which swallowed some original songs from the Rainbow Road to Oz that never got produced. Oh, Took some of those songs. Okay. Okay. Um, and put that on the album. And it was really not, it wasn't based on the 
For the uninformed, you might be thinking Disney adapted a Ruth Plumley Thompson book. Well, no, it says on the inside, based on the book by Ruth Plumley Thompson. But it's not. That's but it. There's not a sign of Thompson's plot anywhere. No, there's not a sign of it anywhere. There it is. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's that. And, and then, DJ. so that's that's album number two. Number three is what we have in our hands: the songs from The Wizard of Oz yeah. plus songs about the Scarecrow and um, and the Lion. Um, so that would be just be a compilation, which is great. And then I guess the Tin Woodman was feeling left out. So that's the final release. Tin Woodman. <laughs> which would be loosely based on Bob's book, Nimi. Amy comes back. Oh, oh, there she is. And there's lots of marriages. It's all I'm going to say lots of marriages okay, happening that's what it's all about. in this album. And then they would do in 1970, there would be a read along book where it would just be the book. And I think right. maybe Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Over the Rainbow is in there, but it's I believe so. mostly just the book as read by Hale Smith. Otis from the Andy Griffith yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And you could listen to most of these on YouTube, and yeah. I highly suggest it. It's just, I don't know. It's a good time. It's just, it's we very don't, nostalgic. Yeah, and like I know we weren't even alive when this was happening, but, but it there's feels something like really this charming. Is something I would have listened to. Yes, yeah. like I'm obsessed with it. It's so great. Um, so that's kind of everything ah! that has happened in. This briefly touching on some of the things. Interim. Of course, there's more always to be found out. Always. But it's... Oh, yeah. Always. But it's so fascinating. I'm obsessed with the records. I really... We have the records, so I definitely want to listen to it um, more. I know we put this on. I'm really obsessed, though, with Side 2, because that's where it's, like, all the <laughs> Cowardly Lion songs. Yes, I love that. Like, I believe the Pup, Pup, Puppet Polka was from what? the Rainbow Road. The pup, pup. So that just Pope, didn't get used in Rainbow Road. What? The Ozphabet. <laughs> but this was a success for Disney, and they did yeah, pay. Yeah, this is good. So it makes me think that maybe the Muni production, if they paid for the MGM songs, they probably pay, paid Disney to use somewhere. Someday my prince will come. I could see that. I would just hope Just for that so. one. I mean, I hope. I don't think they could get away with it like that. I think you would have, yeah. I think they would have run they into some been, issues. been uh, brought down by that. Last little things on the Wizard of Oz proper. Yeah. Um, on the Disneyland rock records. It says the adaptation. This is all from Jay. The adaptation Thanks, Jay. is rather basic. <laughs> yeah, um, rather basic. But it really follows Baum's text, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Things that are omitted include the Collie Dawes and yeah. the jump over the river and the lion not falling asleep in the poppy field. So that mm-hmm. rescue is removed. And they, re- they visit the wizard in the reverse order. Oh. And they cut out the the insects um, from the wick, Wicked Witch's mm-hmm. attacks on our friends. No golden cap. No golden cap, and there's no detail. This is my favorite. There's no okay, details are okay. told about the trip to Glinda, just that it was a long journey. It was long. So just get there. It was long. Um, Ray Bulger is, does not reprise his role. The Scarecrow, there. which is a bummer, um, makes me think of all those like Disney sequels where they're like not the same voice, and you're just like, you're oh, like man. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I feel like it's rare sometimes to have them return back right. in the day. Right, but it's it's cool to read some of the comments on Jay's article just to people being like, this is what I identified with as Oz. Wow. I just love that this one person says, as a child it never occurred to me that all the characters were voiced by just a few actors. And that's truly the magic mm. of voiceover artists. Yeah. I mean, it is such a cool little... Road rabbit hole, a rainbow road, if you a will. Rainbow that, that Disney has. <laughs> so that's, I guess, mm. it. I feel like always, like I don't want to leave because I feel like I I'm know. missing something. We could always 
return. We can always we return. We will always return. And we're happy to be returning with our special guest. Yeah. Stay tuned. So stay tuned, friends. And thank you so much for being here. So before we go, we want to give a shout out on air to our Patreon top tier for today, our friends of DG. They get every one of our perks. They mean the world to us as all of our Patreons do and all of our listeners do. It just is that bonus level of getting to have a different kind of connection over on the Patreon, which is wonderful. Yes. So giving a shout out to... Alex! Sharon and Tony and Maureen. Jay! Dear Brady. And Angie, thank you so much for being friends of MK and Tara and Dorothy. (laughs) And Dorothy. Of course. course. We are so grateful to have you on this journey. We love you. Okay. See you later this week. Bye. Tara here. I totally forgot something that I wanted to include in our research for this Muni Disney episode. So here I am popping back in. So I forgot to say that there is a Gloria connection between some of the Disney research and the Muni production. As you know, we were loving on Gloria and the, the new character written in, in the Muni production, but there is a Princess Gloria that is in later Oz books, primarily mentioned in the Scarecrow of Oz. Um, And that is one of the first, that is the first Disney record adaptation that kind of launched this whole Disney relationship with Oz. So she is a part of that. Now, I haven't officially met Princess Gloria yet in the Land of Oz, but I believe her dad is King Kind, which sounds awesome. I believe he was the former King of Jinxland. And um, she had her heart frozen and she has to get restored and she has to be restored as the ruler um, in the Scarecrow of Oz plotline. Also, what is really wild is I got from one of my family members for my birthday, the Tarot of Oz by David Sexton and... The first card I pulled was a Princess Gloria card. And I was like, who's Princess Gloria? And then I read the Muni script and then this connection came up. So Gloria, I see that you want to be a part of my life. I welcome you into it. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL!